0: All sports, all the time.
1: There's heroes
0: and there's legends. Heroes get remembered. Legends never die.
2: This is The Spoken Podcast. Hold your ears, folks. It's showtime. I'm your host, Lance twiball Man, that kid, he can ball, man. He can ball. Touchdown, Kansas City!
1: with freaking
2: Mahomes, baby! Uh, let's talk some sports, because that's what we're here to do. Tuned into the spoken, States. spoken. Ladies and gentlemen, here is
1: Lance Twidwell.
2: This is the Spoken Podcast. I am your host, Lance Twidwell. Here inside the Twidwell Studios this week. I know we like to keep you guys on your toes each and every week. It seems like we're in a new uh, studio or an older studio of sorts. We're not going back, I promise, guys. We're doing our show as much as we possibly can at the highest level of quality as we possibly can. But tis the season, tis the times. We constantly adjust to what we got going on, guys. And this week, we decided to keep it here at our base, if you will. And we are glad to be here for episode 91, actually, uh, for all of our podcasters, live streamers, YouTubers, everybody that's been a part of this, everyone that has joined in throughout the last 90-plus episodes Thank you for making time and letting us take some of your time uh, as this weekend commences and as we get ready for some Chiefs football because guys, it is Raider Week, and I know you guys are ready. We got some juice this week, man. All week, lights. This I don't know about you guys. First of all, how you guys doing tonight? You guys doing right, Eddie and Trevor?
0: Terrific. Good,
2: good to hear. Good to hear. Um, we have. I, I would say this is this has felt like the longest week to get to a game this season, if that makes sense. it two
1: weeks, actually. So well,
2: I get that, but I'm saying this week in particular, knowing this is game, like this the, the, this next Sunday we have a game. It, It's felt like it's really drug on, and it's because I think what we know is is coming about. And I don't know about you guys, but I, I'm so glad that we're finally here. Like I said, I felt like this just, week just drug on, and I feel like we got ourselves a really good opportunity to make some things uh, be known this week amongst the league. And that's actually where I want to start, if that's cool with you guys. Uh, the sports world and sports sports culture are loaded with cliches. When you have a player dedicated to his craft, his he's considered a quote unquote film junkie or a gym rat. He's the first one in and the last one out. He's a student of the game. We hear this. We hear this one often here in KC when it comes to the Chiefs, and I believe I believe when they use it, we're we're, we're talking about it when they say we take one game at a time. We haven't heard defense wins championships around here because we know that around here, 15 wins championships. But there is one sports cliche that I have to push back on and the Chiefs and their matchup with the Raiders this week. And it's the one cliche, a win is a win. From the naked eye, looking at a box score, a W is a W just like an L is an L. But the context of how a win was earned and how a loss was suffered does not matter when it comes to a signature matchup, especially when revenge is on the mind. The Chiefs have suffered one loss in the last calendar year, and it was five weeks ago to the Raiders. In that game, the Raiders scored 40 points and did pretty much whatever they wanted, while the Chiefs were held to eight second half points and struggled to keep their offense on the field while their defense essentially ushered the Raiders receivers into the end zone. Something they, and quite frankly, their entire fan base, us, aren't used to seeing. But it happened. And that stung. It doesn't help ease the pain when it was confirmed by John Gruden himself this week, unintentionally, that the Raiders team bus took themselves on a nice little victory lap around Arrowhead after their eight-point victory against the Chiefs in Week 5. And even though old Chucky tried, being, tried to backpedal and even defer the blame and responsibility on the entire event occurring on a Kansas City smart aleck bus driver, the damage was still done. And the occurrence has been the hottest topic in Kansas City sports talk over the last few weeks. We have heard Andy Reid and Travis Kelsey give us their honest opinions on the matter, and we've heard Patrick Mahomes downplay its significance to their motivation and game plan coming into this game Sunday nights. And we can look at the downplaying statements as Mahomes trying to get the focus off of the controversy, but something Mahomes stated to me was the most truthful of all comments and statements made by anyone who works for the Chiefs. He stated that if you can't get up for a game like this on Sunday night, regardless of what's going on around it, then you don't belong in this league. He is 100% correct. Look, we're all fans here, and we all fall victim to the hoopla and the distractions around the game and the teams. It's who we are. It's what we do. That's how rivalries begin, live, and strive amongst fan bases across the world. But the teams can't focus on the hoopla, and in particular, the Chiefs. Do I believe Andy when he says that victory laps around stadiums isn't the Chiefs' style? Yes. Because as I tweeted out yesterday... The Chiefs don't drive around stadiums. They drive through parades. The Chiefs have bigger goals in mind than what John Gruden did after a week five victory. And again, I do believe Andy when he says he doesn't like what the Raiders did. But I'm going to speak for Andy here. What Andy dislikes even more, what fits their style even less. Losing. That's what Andy dislikes more than Gruden showing his ass after a regular season game in October. The true and honest disrespect was getting smacked in the mouth in your home stadium by a team that you know you are superior over. And the record tells us as much. Patrick Mahomes has more completions, yards, touchdowns against the Raiders than any other opponent he's ever faced. So losing to them is something he would deem unacceptable. Because it is unacceptable for the Chiefs to allow what took place on that field five weeks ago to ever happen, let alone ever again. Which is where the context comes into play and why I stand in opposition of the cliche that a win is a win. The Chiefs cannot come out of this game and simply just pull out a victory the Chiefs need to go into that fucking Roomba of a stadium and kick the shit out of the Raiders. Because this game goes far deeper than just a Week 11 game. The Chiefs have to understand that this game will be matched in anticipation by the other 30 teams. The Raiders disrespected the Chiefs on their field and around their stadium. And everyone knows that coming into Sunday's game. If the Chiefs squeak one out, let alone lose again... The Chiefs will lose a large portion of that mystique that drives fear in the weekly opposition and that is not something the Chiefs should be willing to give up. I see the Chiefs as the mid-90s and early 2000s Tiger Woods. Everyone, and I mean everyone, feared that motherfucker. But the moment, the second... He lost that shine, that presence to him. The fear before he even stepped on the course was gone, and all of a sudden, his opposition no longer immortalized him in their minds. They then felt as if they could match him stride for stride, because he was no longer a god amongst men, even if he still was, because to them, he was no longer. The chiefs are in the midst of running it back, of building the next dynasty. Teams league-wide fear the Chiefs. You hear it in their voices during press conferences each and every week. If the Chiefs lose or win by the slimmest of margins this week, the Chiefs will be on the verge of losing that fear and respect from their opponents they have earned over the last two seasons. They need to come into this game as a whole with the mindset and mentality that they're going to beat the Raiders unlike any team they've beaten this season. They need to have the intent to embarrass this Raiders team like this same Raiders team embarrassed them. They need to convince themselves that they're going to silence a house crowded with Raider faithful. They need to throw all the cliches aside, fuck the narrative about putting too much on film for future opponents and unload the magazine on the Las Vegas Raiders to the point in which the TV broadcast looks for something else to turn to in order to better interest the viewing audience or, at worst, keep any keep any of the people from turning into this ass-kicking that Chiefs need to hand the Raiders. Blood for blood, eye for an eye. Andy Reid is considered one of the true greats in this league. Andy Reid needs to be the biggest asshole he's ever been in his life this Sunday night, and give this give his old buddy Gruden the embarrassment of a lifetime, and remind not only the Raiders but the league as a whole that the Chiefs aren't fucking around and they won't be fucked with, because heavy lies the crown, but swift comes the backhand of a champion. The Raiders are about to get bitch slapped by the palms of Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes, because they, like me. Know what, that a win counts no matter how it's earned. But tapping that ass changes everything. Time to tap some Raider ass. I hope you guys are ready for a fun show tonight, man. We got our guy Clay Windler from Red Tribe Cinema going to be joining us. It felt I mean, its it's been since February that I've even seen Clay in person. Oh! We got him in studio tonight, guys. And I am going to get his thoughts on all things Chiefs versus Raiders. And I also want to get some thoughts on some upcoming – maybe he ain't going to he, – he's good at keeping things close to the vest when it comes to future projects with Red Tribe Cinema. But we need to reflect on a couple videos that he's been making in the, in the recent months that have been nothing short of amazing. I hope you guys are excited for the show. It's going to be fun. Can't wait to get to all that. We'll get back to that after this.
1: Midcoast Modern is a Kent City focus on modern, handmade, and small brands. A resource for design-centric home goods, apparel, jewelry, artwork, and limited edition gifts. We support makers, artists from the Midcoast, and bring in goods from makers, artists around the U.S. to offer a unique selection. Yeah, to all the killers and the $100 billers, yeah,
2: back at it again on the spoken podcast for segment number two i am your host lance twidwell here inside the twidwell studios with my guys trevor twidwell what's good eddie ortiz yo 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 and we have ourselves a reprising role if you will a guy that is uh quite literally helped us get this thing off the ground and uh I'm assuming he's had himself a nice little uh, twenty twenty, if you will. He's a he's a guy that likes to kind of hide in the shadows naturally. Right. So so 2020 you know, 2020, you know, really messed with a lot of people in all seriousness, but Clay's the kind of guy that just survives. Oh, I just adapts. He just <laughs> adapts, yeah. And he's he's solo dolo. he's always good yeah. on his own, but every once in a while we like to bring him back into the fold, into civilization. And it's good to be back. We got we got him here for a night with us, and uh, we're so glad to have uh, Red Tribe Cinema, the mind behind Red Tribe Cinema. Clay Windler with us. Clay, how the fuck are you doing, man? Well, we haven't seen each other in eight months.
3: It, was, it was a solid la- eight. Man. last time we saw each other was was Union Station with all the all the Chiefs there celebrating the Super Bowl. So it's it's good to be back.
2: What a different world we're living in right now, man. Yep. From, like looking back then and seeing us now, it's just like we're just like in a totally yep. different dimension, man. But nevertheless, the facts are the Chiefs did win that Super Bowl. We celebrated it. We had fun. We're anticipating that we're going to be celebrating another one in the next few months. In the time, though, in this in this time, um, the Chiefs have been an incredible team. I, I think that there's no surprise to their start. Uh, we we fully expect that they're going to take care of business this week and for the rest of the season. But Clay, I want to get your thoughts because you and I haven't really like broke down no. this season together at all. We've had like little conversations with the Chiefs amigos,
0: mm-hmm. you
2: know, back end DMs and stuff like that, but. I want to get your thoughts on this team as a whole, man. Just give me your give me your overall take on what you're seeing, some, some of the things that really excite you, know, you, maybe some things that concern you.
3: Well, since the Chiefs went into Baltimore and just laid a beat down on the Ravens, uh, and nothing has happened since then that has dissuaded me from this thought, this really looks like we may be watching the best Chiefs team since the 60s Chiefs, and maybe even better than the 60s Chiefs when it's all said and done because – the 60s Chiefs, as good as Len Dawson was, they didn't have a Patrick Mahomes. I mean, Patrick Mahomes has 25 touchdowns and one interception and doesn't look to be slowing down anytime soon. And we know that the Chiefs probably haven't played their best football yet. So it, it, it really seems like the, the, only, the, the only thing that could possibly stand in the way of the Chiefs going back to the Super Bowl and winning seems like the Pittsburgh Steelers, and that's a demon that – We slayed two years ago, so I I really feel like we could be watching the best Chiefs team of of, certainly our lifetimes and maybe in our father's lifetimes as well.
2: Yeah, and and to to kind of piggyback off the point you made about the Steelers being the the quote-unquote demon for the the Chiefs that they have already slayed, I mean, if you're you're looking at the AFC landscape right now, and and as crazy as it sounds, I mean, the AFC has actually been the better conference this year uh, as a whole – I, I, I hate to sound arrogant here, even though we have seen the Chiefs take an L this season. I haven't felt as if there has been really any true challenger, even though the Steelers are a really good team. I think there are yeah buts to their season. For one, and just hear me out on this, they have had arguably the lightest schedule amongst all contenders mm-hmm. in the NFL. And, and point number two is if you look at the rest of the contenders, they are a team built – for the current times, where you have a prolific quarterback that is rising above the opposition, whereas Ben Roethlisberger has just been good, and he's been more of an Alex Smith type quarterback this year. Mm-hmm. I know that's your, you know, your mm-hmm. guy. You know, Absolutely, uh, Alex Smith. You just loved him throughout the years, but <laughs> um, Alex Smith, or Ben Roethlisberger rather has been just good enough. And I don't think that being just good enough is going to be good enough to beat a Patrick Mahomes led Chiefs. Because I actually agree with you a hundred percent. I actually believe that this is the best Chiefs team we have ever seen because just just off a talent aspect alone, not to mention the most transcendent quarterback we've mm-hmm. ever seen in the history of the NFL leading this team as it currently stands with the best head coach in Chiefs history. Everything combined, I just think that they just have the best thing going for them. So to your point, if, if the Steelers are really the best opposition mm-hmm. to the Chiefs in the AFC, mm-hmm. I mean, do you really forecast any type of slowing down, let alone getting to a second Super Bowl in a row?
3: No, I really don't. Um, I, to, to me, I, I don't feel like any of these old quarterbacks can can stand in Patrick Holmes' way when it really gets down to it. The only I I think maybe the, the team the team that really scares me right now is the Seahawks. And but even even with the Seahawks, I mean, Russell Wilson has come back down to earth lately. But but I I feel like the Seahawks, especially with uh, who's the giant receiver? That, uh, DK Metcalf. Metcalf, yeah. Mm-hmm. I I feel like he could give the Chiefs enough problems on defense where it would be it would be a high scoring game for the Chiefs. And the and the other team, the other team that intrigued me is the Cardinals because just because Murray has been on such an incredible run lately, yeah. So I, f- I feel like they could be somebody that might challenge the Seahawks in the end in the NFC. But but yeah, I. I, I I have a hard time seeing anybody in the AFC uh, standing in the way of the Chiefs with their current current run they're on.
2: You and I are two very social media driven people. Like we we both have a platform we like to utilize as mm-hmm. much as possible, and, and we oftentimes whenever we get an opportunity, we like to pander to our fanhood, which is you know being Chiefs fans. Mm-hmm. So naturally, we're going to be guys that support Patrick Mahomes, but I think there's a uniqueness in what he is to not only us as a fan base, but to the NFL being as great as he is. Because I remember when Aaron Rodgers first came on the scene, I was looking at this guy, and I would have to be honest with myself and say, this is the best quarterback I've ever seen play Mm -hmm. football. Now that Patrick Mahomes happens to be a chief, Mm -hmm. which makes it easier for me to say that, I'm still looking at it from that point of view of saying, this is the best quarterback I've ever seen play football. And I don't feel wrong saying that. I don't feel like it's early or jumping the gun or just, you know, hyper, hyperbolic. I feel like it's a legitimate thing. Having said that though, something we talked about before the show tonight is this pushback. Now I know that you, you did mention that there are going to be guys on TV and guys in radio that just try to play a character to get a rise. Mm-hmm. out of cheese fans and people that yeah. feel a consensus agreement about Patrick Mahomes. But I want to get your thoughts on the, on the mindset against the idea that Patrick Mahomes is as great as we've seen, because to the point of what you brought up with the stats of 25 touchdowns and one interception, something we've never seen a quarterback do in the history of the NFL to this point. Do, do, do you think it's there's a fear with giving away greatness or relinquishing greatness from one quarterback to the other? Because everybody the, – the consensus belief is that Tom Brady's the GOAT in a lot of people's eyes. Not mine personally, but to a lot. And Patrick is quickly and rapidly mm-hmm. climbing that ladder. Do you think it's this fear of – what I know as a younger individual, kind of like the MJ and LeBron debate, do you think that's what Le- Mahomes is becoming and that's why we're getting a little bit more pushback from some of these national pundits? Yeah, so
3: <clears throat> the the best example, of, really what it boils down to is just sheer jealousy. Um, there is there's now, I tweeted this earlier today and it's, it's kind of taken off a bit, but there is a subreddit dedicated to people hating on Patrick Mahomes uh, and it's not surprising that the damn thing is run by a Patriots fan. <laughs> because I, really, out of out of every fan base in the NFL, I think Patriots fans have have the biggest dislike for Mahomes, which is surprising considering you know they've beaten him two to three times they've they faced the Chiefs. But uh, you're right; it is it's because because you know their their boys Tom Brady and uh, you know Tom Brady ain't shit now and. If Mahomes keeps going like he's going to be going. Certainly, one day he might challenge Brady for, for the mantle of the goat or whatever. But uh, the other thing I see is, how many times have we heard somebody picks a quarterback and everybody starts with, oh, he's the next Mahomes? Like it happened <laughs> with Kyler Murray, and Kyler Murray is great, but he's not Patrick Mahomes. And he, it even happened with Drew Locke. I mean people were delusional about Drew Locke, who is obviously just garbage. Sam
0: Darnold too. It happened yeah, have with
3: Sam Darnold mm-hmm. too. So there's like there's a jealousy from from people from fans who have had great quarterbacks who are now declining or are gone because they don't want they don't want their legacy to be tarnished. And then you have people who are so desperate to compete with Mahomes they'll take whatever quarterback they've picked and compare him to Mahomes even if it's complete garbage.
2: Man, I heard during the Cowboys, I think it was Cowboys Giants or Cowboys Eagles game a couple weeks ago, Chris Collinsworth, Chris Collinsworth was talking when ben, when Ben DiNucci was throwing these sidearm passes. Oh, He's got a little Mahomes yeah. there, like so. You're right, like it's getting <laughs> yeah. that bad. So they are talking about third, fourth string quarterbacks coming in, doing Mahomes things. Like I definitely agree that that is becoming the standard, if you will, when it comes to great throws or weird looking throws that work out. Um, but but to get to your your projects dude retro cinema has been on fire this year i mean it's been a different year Mm -hmm. you know our fans don't get to be as inclusive to the games and i'm sure that's different difficult for you to some degree with editing you know without having the fan shots and things like that i know you love to implement those
3: yeah it is it is it's it's kind of a bummer to sit there and like cut up a game and have almost no fan shots whatsoever because it's that's that's kind of what makes what i do fun but uh, but with the way the way the world has changed this year, you, you touched on it earlier. I've I've pretty much been holed up in in my house, not doing a whole lot else. So it gives me a lot of time to uh, work on work on this silly shit. And uh, so <clears throat> I'll I'll just get right into it. But before before the season's started, actually last year when the Raiders started building their stadium. Allegiant Stadium, they dubbed it the Death Star. So it was pretty clear to me when that happened that there was going to be some kind of, uh, well, Death Star treatment that needed to be needed to be uh, a thing. It needed to be a thing eventually. Yeah. So, so I've really been looking forward to that all. Actually, I've been working on it all year long. Uh, and are we getting breaking news here? Yeah, like, this uh, is this is. I mean, there've been content. there there've been some hints if you follow me on Twitter. <laughs> but okay, so so, <clears throat> yours truly, Road Trap Cinema, has prepared. Uh, well, you know, we, we've done Star Wars parodies in the in the past, but we've never done the original Star Wars. So we've so I've 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 taken uh, a bunch of clips from the original Star Wars and inserted uh, the appropriate football characters, and we have Le- Legion Stadium as the Death Star, and basically we're. If the Chiefs win, we're going to go in there. We're going to blow up the Death Star next week. So, I love it, man. So you guys can can look forward to that, and and Lance will be back doing the voice of <laughs> Fake Patrick, or as we call him in the Star Wars, but we call him Pat Skyballer. <laughs> so uh, you guys can look forward to that, and then the week after, the Chiefs go to Tampa Bay to play Tom Brady, and uh, I've I've really been burning the midnight oil recently because I because these two weeks back to back, like I knew. I knew I wanted to have something special ready to go. So uh, actually nobody knows about this except Lance and me and Shane and a couple other people. But okay. So uh, Tom Brady has always been kind of a nemesis for Patrick Mahomes, right? And uh, with with this game, it's kind of like uh, last time they played Patrick defeated Tom Brady and Tom Brady kind of went away and kind of got banished to, Somewhere else, and now he's coming back to face Patrick Mahomes, and feel like it might be kind of a rival. So, so if if you've ever seen Star Trek to the Wrath of Khan, well, that's that's what we're gonna do. We're Man. we we've got it set up with with Tom Brady as Khan, and and <laughs> and, and and Patrick Mahomes as Captain Kirk, and we, we've never done any Star Trek <clears throat> shit before. Yeah. And I know Star Trek is not everybody's cup of tea, but. I was not going to let this game pass and not have something (laughs) like this ready to go, because this might be the last time the Patrick Mahomes and Tom Brady ever play. So, so we got all that shit. And I think the best thing, the best thing about this, this mashup is so obviously if you're going to do a Star Trek mashup, you got to do shit with the enterprise. So there are tons of shots of, of the enterprise in this, in this video except on top of the Enterprise's saucer dish is fucking Arrowhead Stadium. <laughs> <laughs> Literally just blasting through space, firing phasers, and it's the nerdiest fucking thing you've ever seen, basically. Yes. So, so if you like Star Trek and you like football, you're going to be in heaven. Yeah. <laughs> so please, 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 please. nerdgasm. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. So please, please, just beat fucking Tom Brady so, yes. so we can have this.
2: Tom Brady is old. Tom!
1: <laughs>
2: so the, get, let, the, the wrath of Tom. I, I want to get to that game, but we do have a rather massive game coming up before that one. Uh, Chiefs have a, a big stretch coming down anyway with, with the games that they got coming up, but I, I would say this is one of the more pivotal ones. Um, I'm not afraid of the Chiefs losing grab, grips on the AFC West, but you know the scenario is there. Chiefs do lose this game. The Raiders have themselves a really good opportunity, especially with the, their remaining schedule, as opposed to the Chiefs, to potentially get to that place. Now, that there's still some serious hiking to do for the, the Raiders. The point, though, is in this game, as much as we all do believe, and I don't want to speak for you because I do want to get your thoughts on this matchup, I, I have a strong indication inclination that, that, that a lot of Chiefs fans are of the belief the Chiefs are going to go out there and get blood. Not that they just want it, they're going to get it. But we have to also remember something, and I want to talk to the guys in our, in our preview segment as well. The Raiders are going to come in this game feeling really good about themselves. And they're going to come in there with the belief that they can repeat what they did. Now, that doesn't mean they're going to, but that belief is there. And so I want to get your thoughts on the Chiefs coming into a place they've never been into, literally. This is the first time I've ever mm-hmm. played in Allegiant Stadium, or like I like to call it the Roomba Stadium. I would like to get your thoughts on how you think the Chiefs are going to be able to counteract a confident Raiders team for the first time in the Patrick Mahomes era.
3: Mm. Uh, Well, what happened in the first game really was the Raiders showed the Chiefs something they had never seen from Derek Carr before. Derek Carr was slinging the ball down the field, and he's never done that against the Chiefs. And the Chiefs never really quite recovered because they were still – still kind of dealing with some offensive issues at that point. But I re- we've seen in the past um, the Chiefs with Steve Spagnuolo and Andy Reid, they've, they're they really, really good at adjusting. And I I would be su- surprised. I, it feels to me like the Raiders, have, they showed their hand in the first game. And you feel like as good as the Chiefs have been in adjusting in the past, they're going to be ready for all that. And if the Raiders got like 260 yards on five completions in that first game, you feel like that's not going to happen again. And if that doesn't happen again, it doesn't feel like the Raiders have somewhere else they can go to beat the Chiefs based on the history between these two teams. So, and, you know, it's Andy Reid off a bye week. So, I think as much I mean the Raiders probably feel better about this game than they have any Chiefs game in recent memory but it feels like the Chiefs have just as much reason to be confident as the Raiders do.
2: Yeah and if, and not, they, if not more so. They should. I and mean, because I think that they're the Chiefs know who they are and that's the thing is that the Raiders I feel like are learning who they are or at least they get, they're getting an idea. But the Chiefs are coming in this game I do believe that they know that look we handle our business. We hold. We hold this team under 28 points. We're going to win because in the Mahomes era, they are 30 and one or 31 and one when they hold teams under 31 or under 28 points. So, in other words, do not allow the other offense to dictate pace, to dictate how you're going to counteract. Because yes, yeah, Spags and Reed are great at adjustments, but what frustrates me about this team a lot of times, especially this season, is it's almost as if the Chiefs are waiting on the uh, the opposition to do something for them to counteract it. And I really wish, and I hope this is one of those games, like it was in the Ravens game, where the Chiefs were like, you know what, fuck this. We're going to come in here, we're going to kick your ass early and often and put you away. We've seen it a couple times this year. We saw it against the Texans in game one, and we saw it against the Ravens, and it was at week three. Mm -hmm. And then we saw it a little bit, not as much so with the Bills, but it felt that way, even though it wasn't a blowout. It felt like the Chiefs controlled that game pretty much from wire to wire. That needs to happen this week, in my opinion. I think the Chiefs need to go in there and tell the Raiders, look, you got us in Week 5. There's no debating that. You guys took your little fucking victory lap. We're going to dance on your grave on your field the first time we ever play here. I think that's what needs to happen. Now, my my last question to you, though, with, with this game in particular, as crazy as it sounds, because to your point about the whole Tom Brady thing, Patrick Mahomes is he, he's a legacy thinker. He he thinks about these types of things historically mm-hmm. and he thinks about what it ma- what matters. He knows this might be the very well last time he faces the most successful player in NFL history. By some crazy ass and and go with me on this, by some crazy ass theory, do you believe there's any chance at all that the Chiefs could be possibly overlooking this game just a little bit? Yeah, I, I... Because not of not the not,
3: not a chance in hell. Okay, good. For, for for one thing, with with having a bye week off to focus on one game and, and Andy Reid, he, they're they're not going to be looking past a, a divisional game. There's just no way. And and the Raiders really, the Raiders ensured that the Chiefs were going to be completely focused and razor sharp as they've ever been because. We we have seen the Chiefs be a little unfocused, like the, the the Patriots game. They were a little unfocused in that in that game, but the Raiders have, with this bus thing, and all the talk of the bus, crap going back and forth. They've they've completely ensured that they're going to get the Chiefs a plus game. So just because of that fact alone, there's there's no way they're going to look past the Raiders.
2: Who's going to be the? Because Trevor had a great idea um, talking about best player of the game or MVP of the game is that player of the game. Player of the game, just on the spot, who would you assume would be the player of the game after this game is over?
3: Oh, it's going to be Patrick Mahomes. Okay, I mean the the only reason he should have had what five touchdown passes in the first game yep. if
2: if the refs hadn't uh, yeah. robbed him basically. So Patrick Mahomes, it is. Yep. Yep. Clay, let the people know where they can find you on, so, on the social medias.
3: Yeah, you can you can follow me on Twitter at, at Clay Windler, And uh, you can find us on Facebook at uh, Red Tribe Cinema and uh, YouTube. Look up Red Tribe Cinema.
2: That is our guy, Clay Windler. No. It has been – fuck, man. I, I, I hate to even like try to guess someone the last time you were even on the show. But that needs to change, man. We need to get you back on here more often. This guy, like I said, has been Always an MVP – for the Spoken Podcast to even be what it is. I mean, the quality of the show, it began with you, man. Like, we brought the content. You uh, you brought the spices. So we definitely appreciate our guy, Clay. Uh, do not sleep on Red Tribe Cinema, guys. He has been out there killing it. Like you said, burn, burning the midnight oils. He's been hitting me up about ideas. I'm always glad to be a part of it. It's always so much fun when he, ever, he hits me up with a few lines to do. I, I mean, I play a very small part, but it's just always so much fun to see what craftiness this I'm, guy I'm really with, looking
3: forward to Lance doing William Shatner lines. <laughs> I am I am stoked actually so I'll just go ahead and spill all the beans actually I for this week Lance is he, he, he vocally he's he's more talented than people may know I mean he, he his podcast is amazing but the impressions that he can do so uh I actually listened to, to uh to try his hand at some John Gruden Fake John Gruden lines this week. <laughs> so if all goes well, hopefully we we get to hear that blessing from from one last farewell. <laughs> I'm
2: gonna get the practice tonight, man. Don't you worry about it. That's great. So that's our guy Clay Windler, Red Tribe Cinema. Give him a follow. And for for Christ's sake, can, can we get some people to support the damn movement here, man? I mean, this guy is right now here busting his ass for the betterment of Chiefs Kingdom for the better part of I would say a decade plus. This guy, he goes all the way back to River Falls, man. That's back when long time. we had a bunch of fake, Newton source, fake sources out there that he had to sift through. This guy's an OG, man. It ain't just Shaggy Shane. Clay's one of them for sure. But we're going to take a quick break because we need to get to our guy, Eddie Ortiz, Mr. Yo-Yo-Yo himself, for the Eddie Hour. As you guys always love to join that with us. I can't wait. I, I don't know. I have no idea what Eddie's got to ask. Let's get this thing going. We'll get back to that after this. Commandeer is Kansas City's alternative apparel brand. They make unique Kansas City-themed apparel and accessories with an emphasis on counterculture. They're nominated for two Best of KC 2019 awards in the Pitch Magazine and have plenty of designs for both sports fans and anyone else. Find them online at commandeerbrand.com or follow them at Commandeer on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Soft shirts designed with an edge. Lance Twidwell here inside the KCPN studios, I guess. It's more like the Twidwell Studios tonight. But nevertheless, we are here. We're alive. We're kicking it for episode 91 with my guys Trevor Twidwell. What's good. Eddie Go! Ortiz. Yo, yo, yo. And speaking of Eddie Ortiz, it is the Eddie Hour. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, halitosis, whatever you say. <laughs> it is time for Eddie to take over. On the spot. Eddie, what is going on, my dude? What's on oh, the Eddie Hour this not week?
1: Much, man. Nah few questions i got for you guys Sweet. nothing nothing uh, too crazy for you guys to Bullshit. you know i like questions uh, catch fire or anything <laughs> so all right first question uh, obviously it's been a busy week with the nba uh, so i want to start off by asking for your reactions to the 2020 nba draft
2: um you know it's it's for me this is one of the few drafts where i, I felt like it was underwhelming just based off the hype you know you go from zion williamson you go from other humongous names of guys that you really feel like have superstar potential to this draft where there are some guys that have superstar hype, I guess you want to say, but it was nowhere near what it's been in the past. And I think a lot of it has to do with just the times that we're living in right now. I think that COVID, without not being able to be in the actual room as they get selected, coming up there with the hat and talking with Adam Silver, it just doesn't have that same feel, that same vibe. It just it, it was it just very it was very off. I watched it and it was just very underwhelming. It was cool. I will say this though it was it was cool to see these young guys with their families a little bit more because you do see that in the NFL a lot. You do see a lot of the guys with their families sitting in the living room crying and moms are crying, dads are crying. That was touching, but as far as the quality, man, I mean. I tweeted out after like towards the end of the first round, which let's be honest, after the first round, that's kind of when you know you know who's good and who's not. Very rarely do you get guys, that,
0: especially that in in superstars, the NBA, yeah. yeah,
2: after the first round. But nevertheless, I did say I think this is going to be that draft where they're the the best player of this draft is going to be a guy that no one's
0: really talking about. Or something that slips in the draft, like I'm about to talk about. Yeah,
2: so, I mean, I'm a big Obi Toppin guy. I actually like him. He's one of the older players in this draft. I think he's 22, which is rare in today's NBA. Like, getting drafted at 22. most guys are 19, 20. So, Obi Toppin going to New York, I don't think he's going to change that franchise, but he's one of my favorite players out of this draft. Um, But nevertheless, like I said, just overall, as a superstar caliber type of draft, it was a little underwhelming. But I could see a lot of good... Role playing type of guys coming out of this draft.
0: It was cool to see Ball go to uh, Charlotte. That way,
2: LeVar can play one on one with AJ. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, that narrative can be alive now. Um, but it's good to see him go. There. I think that's a good spot for him, actually. I think that's a good young team over there that they're building. Um, but I think, like I said, the steal in the draft, I believe, was Tyrese Halliburton. Yeah. Um, the Even the, the, obviously, my Kings are the ones that took him at number 12. He was predicted to be a top five guy, ended up slipping to the 12th spot. Was pretty impressive uh, he's a he can play point and two guard um because obviously with uh darren fox being there being the lead point guard who he can, got 195 can, million dollars yeah we'll get way. to that who can also play the two so having two versatile uh backcourt guys i love they're both good defenders but even magic johnson himself came out and congratulated the kings on that the steal of the draft and calling him he compared halliburton to himself calling yeah. him little magic so yeah. i mean if that's I mean, if that's not praise, that's about as high a praise you can get from one of the greatest point guards, if not the greatest point guard to ever play, seeing a mirror image of himself. So, I mean, I think the Kings got a solid player there. So I'm pretty excited as a Kings fan to see us actually draft a guy that actually I'm super stoked about. I mean, I loved Marvin Bagley from last year, but he's been nothing but injury prone. I hope he can stay on the court this year, this coming season. But um, as far as the feel of the draft, I feel like it was pretty similar to the NFL draft. I didn't. Feel, I mean, everything with Zoom and all that stuff is strange, is bizarre. I was Seeing Adam Silver go up there and announce it, and then watch everyone, you know, celebrate via Zoom, it's just it is strange and it's very disconnected. But uh, I mean, I didn't, I didn't really get to sit and watch because I was working, but I was catching like clips on Instagram and stuff like that, and seeing all the family celebrate. So either way, it's a good, heartwarming thing to see these guys, you know, dreams come true. Uh, that one kid, what's his name, the kid that got um, drafted by the Knicks?
2: Oh, it. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah.
0: So him being a New Yorker himself okay. and going to the Knicks. I know it's not exciting to go to the Knicks right now, but being a homegrown kid yeah. is always a cool story, cool story to see, especially for the Knicks. Who I'm hoping, and as an NBA fan in general, as a fan of basketball and NBA hoops, just to see the Knicks possibly, you know, build something there and be a competitor. I want to see that for the for the league. It's only good for the league to see that big of a market be competitive. Um, so overall, I mean, it was exciting as an NBA fan. It was exciting, uh, but yeah, it's definitely still strange, man. All right.
1: Next question. Is Lamelo Ball the best of the Ball brothers?
2: It's hard to say at this time uh, because of the fact he's played zero seconds in the NBA. Is he the most talented? Yes, I will say that he's got the he's got the most potential. He is the better scorer. I mean, I don't even want to throw Lee Angelo or whatever the hell his he's, name is. Yeah, he's yeah, never forget slip. him. Yeah. It's Lonzo and it's Lamelo. Uh, Lonzo can't shoot for, to save his life, especially at the free throw line. Lamelo has a, an incredible jump shot. He's also an incredible passer. Uh, he's got all the highlights and got things vertical. of that nature. Where, where, where uh, Lonzo is significantly better is on the defensive side. Mm-hmm. Lamelo hates playing defense. Now he is nineteen years old, so it's not like he's you know what we know him to be at 27, 28. He can develop into that, but he has shown no effort on the defensive side. He does not like getting bodied. He does not. He's he's a skinny, frail kid. So naturally he's going to want to play a little bit on the outside, not get as physical. And that is the NBA as we've seen it most, more times than not in the last 10 to 15 years. But the point is, is, I think that this guy has what it takes to be a good scorer in the NBA. I could see him being a Brandon Ingram type of player where he's more finesse, outside jump shooting type of guy, but not a good defender. I think that's what I think that's what Lamelo is going to be, which is why he's never, in my opinion, going to be a superstar in this league.
1: Because mm. unless
2: you're James Harden averaging thirty six and twelve a game, <laughs> you know, on the offensive side, and then being bad on defense, you're not going to be a superstar in this league. I think LaMelo's is going to be more of a Brandon Ingram tier kind of guy.
0: I love Lamelo ball. Um, I I think his I think he's a taller, stronger Trey Young. Uh, I think he's his game is very similar to Trey Young. Trey Young's not a good defender. Very good deep ball shooter. Very good facilitator. I think we sleep on LaMelo's ability to pass. He's a very good – off. he's is it, he's an elite offensive player with the basketball in his hand. He just is. Um, I know there's a lot of baggage that comes with him. with him being a ball brother. I've been saying he was the best ball brother since he was like in ninth grade, and I was watching his, his mixtapes from ninth grade. The kid is an absolute stud. And He's gotten he's grew like four inches in the last two years. He's tall. He's He's got an incredible handle. He can shoot from half court at, at will. I mean, this kid was pulling up a half court in like ninth, tenth grade games draining them um and i think he he, as he progresses he can become a john morant type player if he i don't think he's nearly as aggressive as a john morant but he's he's got the athleticism and he's i think he's by far better than than lonzo yes i think lonzo so lonzo is too much in his own head because there was so many so him being the eldest of the brothers him going to the lakers getting drafted by la that was the dream he failed right that was and then obviously lebron coming in there and him just crumbling under the shadow of lebron not rising to the occasion and, and taking advantage of that perfect situation Those for him um he just offensively just can't get it done but Lamelo, i think is an absolute stud and i think Lamelo's is actually going to thrive in today's type of nba
1: oh interesting yeah he grew he's what six seven now yeah that's what i'm saying that's he, his game is
0: if you watch him and trey young their games are similar he's got and another like, six years of growing so That's he'll probably. Be six, I think eight, six, I, I I do think he can become a star, and I think it's more likely that he does become a star in this league than he doesn't.
1: All right, all right. Next question: What would be a smart move for OKC with all the fe- uh, all the first round picks in the next five seasons? What will they look like? No, what would be a smart move for them with all the – for OKC? Yeah.
2: Look, I, I, we've had this conversation so before. I, I honestly think the best course of action for the Thunder, be, being a, a market that they are, which by the way, I'm going to give Sam Presti a ton of credit, to keep that team as relative as he has for all these years in the middle of the Dude, map. no doubt. It's insane. They've never been a bottom team. Since they've been a Thunder. While no.
0: stockpiling picks. And
2: how did they do that? Yeah. They used those picks to get superstars. They made homegrown superstars. KD, Russell Westbrook, James Harden, Serge Ibaka. That is how you do it, Okay. I think they need to replicate that. I think they need to go out and, and draft and get homegrown talent. That is what they need to do. Now, if there's some young dude like Donovan Mitchell, let's say by some strange coincidence, the Jazz and Donovan Mitchell can't come to an agreement. They're like, you know what? This is not going to work. OKC's like, we'll give you six of these picks. Give us Donovan Mitchell. You'd it. do it. Yeah. He's 24, 20, yeah, not even 25 years old yet. He's
0: becoming a star. you person. do
2: yeah. it. How realistic is that? It's not. You're not going to get a Donovan Mitchell. Very rarely are you going to find those guys in their mid-20s that you can trade for like that. So more than likely, what the Thunder need to do, if they want to continue to be a team that's on the rise, you replicate what got you to where you're at with the reputation that you have. Sam Presti is a very smart dude. Sam knows how to build a winner. He's done it in a market like that again. Let's reemphasize that. We're in the same market that OKC is. Very hard to build a winner in this type of market. He's done it before. I think he'll do it again, and he'll do it the same way because it works. Look at the look at the Warriors. I know they got Kevin Durant, which made things a lot easier, but they had already won a title and been to two finals before Katie got there, and they got there with their homegrown fellas: Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green. That's what they need to do again and get themselves another trio. They do that, thunder right back in the mix for the West.
0: Yeah, I think the best trail for them, or the best direction for them to go is because go for them to go win mode right now. To try to, to go win now mode right now doesn't make much sense because we got the Nets trying to form something over there, the juggernaut over there. And then you obviously, obviously got the defending champs Lakers right now. So letting, and those guys are all aging players and injury prone players with the Nets. Who knows what's going to happen with that kind of let that maybe blow over because outside of those two teams right now, there's not really a major, I mean, outside of whatever Milwaukee decides to do and piece together for, for, for Giannis, if Giannis is there next year, we don't know that yet. um With all that, with all those picks and all that, money that you can use i mean if they wanted to they can throw a bunch of picks and money you know and, and go get Riley beal and try to piece together guys with him and cause, but right now there's not too many maybe go get boogie but there's not a lot of guys you can build like a really legitimate contender right now with so i think yeah stockpiling those picks use those picks um, maybe trade up with a couple of them if you want to try to pick away maybe move up in the draft in the, in the next couple you know years or this next one you know or get they a...
1: moved up with this draft it, used... yes i'm saying yeah, yeah. so i mean
0: if, their best bet is to is like lance said you know get a lot of homegrown guys um because i mean basketball talent has never been higher than it is in these days man like you can like like i just talked about with with uh, the, the guy the king has gotten the 12th pick I, there's just so many guys coming into the, into the league now that are ready that are ready because the game is the pace to a college type of pace now, to where it's you know a high scoring, fast paced type of um, offenses now in today's league. So guys coming from college are more prepared and well, ready and now. And think
2: of where, where San Presty comes from, San Antonio Spurs. Right, this is exactly yeah. how the San Antonio Spurs have built their team. Patient, get you yeah. get those international guys, draft them, get the young guys from the from from wherever you're getting them from in, in America.
0: Yeah, and build that way. Yeah, I mean the, sprinkle some veterans in here and there, but. I mean, would you rather be a team that wins now and possibly contend with the championship, have a go up against the Juggernaut Lakers, or the Juggernaut Nets, or being a team that we talk about for the next decade or two with, you know, three or, two, three or four homegrown stars of your own? Right. You know, what I mean, and obviously you're saving money that way too, a lot of times, because yeah. you're not having to go overpay and max out, you know, max players. So I think the best way to go is to go homegrown. All
1: mm-hmm. right. Uh, since we're, we're in the topic of OKC, I want to get your thoughts on Schroeder joining the Lakers on a trade with OKC.
2: Schroeder, yeah. So this was a perfect fit for the Lakers. Um, going back to last season, the Lakers were a damn good roster. But they, they were missing things. This team had a lot of gashes, if you will. Um, they had a lot of guys that were very one-dimensional players, which isn't always a bad thing because in the NBA you have your specialists. You have your stars and you have your specialists. But the the Lakers were very old, and losing uh, uh, Bradley during the the bubble could have really hurt them because they didn't have a guy in his 20s that could guard up at the perimeter and then score on his own.
0: Well, imagine if they would have been with him. That's what I'm saying. Right, right.
2: You have have Anthony Davis, (laughs) LeBron James, and a bunch of role players, and they made it work. But that's not sustainable, especially as LeBron gets older. So what they needed was a guy in his mid-20s, they can go out and get 15 to 20 points a game. And they can play good enough defense on the outside. That is Dennis Schroeder. He was the perfect player for the Lakers. I know there was a lot of talk about DeMar DeRozan and things of that nature. They were going to have to give up too much for DeMar DeRozan. And would, De, would DeMar DeRozan really a fit like the way that Schroeder does? Mm-hmm. DeMar DeRozan is a better player than Schroeder. But the, the, the fit is what they're looking for. Because they're not looking for a guy to build around. They're looking for a guy to build around LeBron and AD with. There's a difference. You have two superstars here. Not every team has that. Most teams don't. So that's what they were looking for. And so Dennis Schroeder was everything the Lakers needed in a guard. And that is what they got. It's an A-plus get. I don't see any negatives from it at all. And I think that the Lakers only got better, especially now that we got the news today that Montres Harrell just signed with the Lakers as well. Humongous depth right there. That is a great get. That might actually be better than Dennis Schroeder, in all actuality, because he fits this team perfectly as well. If they, especially if they can keep Markeith Morris, but that's what that's what I say about Dennis Schroeder. I think it's just a great. There's nothing negative I can take from it.
0: I mean, Demar Derozan averaged 22 points this past year. Dennis Schroeder averaged 19. It's and that and that's with way less usage rate, right? Demar was the guy. Schroder was, the guy Schroeder was like the KC, third, fourth yeah. option offensively. and He was still averaging 19. Yep. You know, so the, I'm not going to say Demar's the not not better or they're they're equal. Demar's obviously the better player, but. With the cost, the less amount, least amount of money you got to spend signing Schroeder, it was a no-brainer. And the fact, the way I look at it is, obviously Rondo's going to be elsewhere, right? But when, when during the playoffs, if you watched, me, I watched every single game very closely, when were the, the Lakers the most deadliest? Obviously, you always got to worry about LeBron, and you got to worry about AD doing their thing and getting their points and doing what they do. Um, but they were the most deadly when Rondo was hitting his shots, when Rondo was getting buckets. Because if Rondo's missing, because LeBron was always setting up Rondo for for opportunities, Shit, they would even let Rondo go ISO sometimes, and it worked sometimes. But when Rondo was hitting his, his threes out of nowhere, and he, remember that there's that one game he hit like five or six yeah. threes, they just destroyed. Him out. Yeah. Okay, and that was very spotty. Right, but when when Rondo was on fire, those games they were blowing people because out because that wasn't Rondo's game. Right, but yeah. that's Dennis Schroeder's game. Right, so Schroeder is a legitimate offensive threat that is going to be consistent. That you're not going to have to worry about being spotted. They
2: wanted out of Rondo.
0: He can it's hit like, the yeah. three when he when, the, when he catches those catch and shoot passes. He can he can go get attack the rack and get the bucket. He's got a handle. He can create. He can go iso. And he's eight years younger. Right, and, and, <laughs> and he's and he's and he's yeah he's he's he's, he's an age at this. He's a he's a seasoned vet at this moment in his career. It was literally the perfect pickup for them. And then Montrez is just. I mean,
2: I see the they don't point. need to make yeah. too
0: many more moves. If they can bring back Avery Bradley. This is this team. Markeith
2: Morris would be a guy I'd like to see them keep bring him, back. Yeah, as if well. you keep
0: him with Montrez and you got Schroeder going, Schroeder is a guy. I still
2: think they are going to try to trade Kuzma. I, that's a theory. Of they mine, should. He's eligible for an extension right now, so they, they either should pay trade him yeah. now yeah. because you want to get him on the cheap. Or you trade him, and I think he's a. There's gonna be teams that would want Kuzma. Six, yeah, because old.
0: Kuzma was a big letdown this postseason, right? But there's
2: there's gonna be some bad teams out there that could really utilize a guy like him, especially with an expiring contract.
0: Yeah, yes. but I mean, with I mean, imagine yeah. the offense. I mean, imagine the offense with just 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 with Montrez, AD, LeBron, Schroeder, and KCP out there. Yeah, I mean, yeah. good luck, KC if, if he carries well, or, carries over from what he played in the yeah. finals,
2: and LeBron's not going to probably play a lot in the first month of the season. Because yeah. they've only had what was it nine weeks off? Eight, nine, yeah, nine weeks
0: off. He can just do his facilitation, four months. He could just do his facilitation, off. his facilitating type game, and you know, yeah. and just be magic out there for a little bit, older magic, and just facilitate, get shorter, confident in this offense. The Lakers are going to be right back at it, man.
1: All right. You guys are pretty pumped about the lakers i mean right? i don't know how you could i mean especially just, as
0: after i saw montrez i mean you, that came out of nowhere i did not champs, expect and that, you that just added two prolific starters well, in you, their prime this one got the best rebounder possibly the best rebounder in the game most aggressive they undersized big, 20 the a game that's exactly you you what, know what i'm I mean? saying
2: you got motivated dudes because Schroeder just got off a disappointing season with the clippers a lot of hype on that team and he was a big he was a sixth man of the year motivated as hell well, i'm saying like okay and now he's on the championship dwight okay dwight's
0: gone just throw this in there as an extra point. Dwight's gone, right? And that was one of the – the Lakers were so good at protecting the rim. Dwight's gone. Now they have a younger, better player than Dwight, much better player at this point of the career, right. and Montez Harrell protecting the rim. Yep. And it can run the floor like damn near like a guard. Dude's quick. And, and he's hungry for he's a Very energetic, absolutely. And, and it's true for both. And not only – the be- and the best part is they, they- – they Plucked him from right across the, the yeah. locker room, have the they got him from, <laughs> yeah. They got him from the Clippers. I mean, how beautiful is that? They
2: just took off the blue, yellow, red, and white and put some you yeah. know, yellow and gold. And he got, yeah, got, got
0: Pat Bev cussing up a storm on Twitter, man. He's I love bad, it, bro. I love it, man. That's a great sign.
1: All right, man. Uh, thoughts on uh, Clay Thompson's injury? It's a bummer.
0: It is
2: probably the most heartbreaking story. Um, I don't want to make comparisons, I'm not going to do that, but. It just sucks in every form and fashion because Clay Thompson not only is a great player yeah. uh, and is awesome for the NBA, just from a quality perspective, how fun he is to watch. He's one of the best two-way players in the NBA. Um, I was really looking forward to the idea and the potential of a Warriors-Lakers matchup uh, because you, you have a healthy Clay Thompson with a healthy Steph Curry. You're going to be a really good team. You may not win a title, uh, I didn't take them as a title contender anymore, but I did take them as a playoff team without question. Uh, flirting with fifty wins, give the Lakers a little fun push, whatever the case is. Steph and Clay together, two greatest shooters of all time on the same team. Um, it, it it just, if I feel like we're robbed, but on a deeper on a deeper level though, my heart goes out to Clay the person because to in the finals you have an uh, you have a great opportunity of winning another championship. It'd be his third or fourth. That'd be his fourth championship to win. Blows his knee out. Rehabs all of last season. And then he's just on the cusp of playing again. And his other leg goes out. I mean, and, and this one is even more of a severe injury. Now this one is going to take even longer to rehab than the previous injury. To to, to think about where his mind is right now, I, I can't even imagine. I can't even. Everybody's like, well, he's a millionaire. He's fine. No. These guys are competitors. This is
0: all they know. man. To know
2: that he's now going to be out for 28, 30 months combined from these two injuries of playing basketball. You almost have the question, like, does he still have the drive to play? Does he still want to play? Is he depressed? Like, there's so many things to think about. My heart goes out to the human more than just the athlete of the entertainer aspect. I'm talking about the human, the mental state the emotional state, like that shit is real. It's more real than what we watch on TV from the entertainment aspect. So I really hope he gets through this man just mentally more than just physically, and he can find himself a hobby during this time because he's going to need one. It's going to be a long road for Clay Thompson.
0: Yeah, it, uh, definitely robbed is, is the word uh, as a fan of the NBA and as a fan just overall of the NBA as a game, uh, especially with the, the Rockets more than likely splitting up. You know, that, that group's putting up them probably, you know, not being a contender this year if they part ways with both their star players. The West could suck this year. Uh, that's what I'm saying, man. And who, how I was even looking forward to it, hopefully, hoping hope, hoping that it would have worked out this past season with the Warriors being a possible, you know, playoff matchup with the Lakers to see LeBron meet up with Steph in the West it would have been a cool narrative, a cool story to see. Uh, outside of the finals, you know, just meeting in a playoff series in the West, both of them in the West would have been cool to see. Um, but yeah, man, Clay, it sucks. Uh, I like. I'm a big fan of his game. One of the best two way players in the game, uh, and it sucked. Also, you know, watching all, this whole past year, watching all those commercials about him recovering nice. and and coming back and bouncing back stronger than ever. Um, yeah, man, it's it's a bummer. I, I, I mean, for me, I'm bummed. I can imagine what he's feeling. Him and his family. You know, uh, being the competitor that he is. Uh, I mean, that that pretty much ruins the plans of the Warriors this year. Uh, I don't see them really being any kind of real threat in the West without him. I mean, he's their best defender. Outside of Steph, obviously their best shooter, uh, offensive weapon. Uh, they're not a deep team already. You know they don't have. A, they have a lot of young guys that are unproven. No one really knows much about. Clay is a star in this league, and you know you lose a guy like that. That pretty much put that, that just puts your chances very very low.
2: Well, now here's my question to add to that, Eddie. Crazy thought. If I'm the Warriors, I entertain the thought of trading Steph Curry. And here's why: you have zero chance of, the of faces cont- of the league, you have, man. You have zero chance of, of contending now.
0: I don't know. I don't know about that though. Hold on. I think that's kind of jumping the gun. They have zero depth. Okay, but look, their at,
2: second best player now is a 31 year old Draymond Green.
0: Okay, you don't think they could be like a fifth, sixth seed? Absolutely not. Why?
2: Absolutely not. The Blazers because
0: might be not not be the if, same. If, if the Rockets had, are going to be gone probably. OKC is going to be gone. If they
2: had role players like a Lou Williams. Or if they had guys that could score off the bench, I would give you that.
0: Okay, but the, they have zero scores off the bench. No, they just went and picked up Ubrey, who's a solid scorer. I like. I 11 like eleven points a game. Not, not, not with, not if he gets more usage. He can, dude. Ubrey can put up forty in a game. Oubre is a scorer. He's not a very good defender, but Ubrey's is a very aggressive. Do you really? And you still Oubre, have Wiggins. They have you, a do you really believe Kelly Oubre is the kind of guy that can move the needle? I think he can go get you twenty a night. Ugh, I absolutely, uh, I. Totally I'm, I'm on the other side of that. I don't think that that's going to be. I'm an a Truther just because he's a Ku guy okay, and I've always liked the, him. But the
2: point I'm making though is they, and when you're in the Western Conference, For sure. with the defending t- champions of the Lakers, with again the Rockets are probably going to be dispersed, so yeah. the West is open. And OKC's of the out of the picture. The Clippers still have two awesome players in Paul George and Kawhi Leonard and a good team. Good they better team they better make some right moves though. They lost okay. their six man. So let's say the Warriors get the fifth seed. Mm-hmm. That still doesn't make them a contender. No, no, no. I'm not so, saying
0: contender. I'm saying that I'm not going to like just completely. So you're paying,
2: you're paying, you know, that uh, Steph Curry is going to make over $90 million in the next two years. Right. That he's an unrestricted free agent at 34 years old. If Dude. I'm the Warriors, I'm thinking about now the future because Klay Thompson's now going to be gone for this season as well. I'm just He'll saying. He'll be 32 when he's back.
0: The Clippers don't scare me that much because they, they just watch, just look at the, the playoffs from last year. The Clippers almost lost to, Damn near uh, Porzingis less Mavs team that had no experience, and if you, if you put me in a matchup in the say they're in the fifth seed and they face off with the second seed Clippers, say they're the second seed again, that could be an upset series. I can see Ste- Steph's obviously better than anybody on that Mavs team, and then this and if you have Steph with 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 with, with Wiggins and Ubre and whoever they bring in, I know they still got Draymond. I can I can definitely see them beating the Clippers, especially with the Clippers are at right now outside of their two stars and Lou Williams. Who do they have, man?
2: Yeah, I mean... And, and no, I'm just no, saying, they can no still make some noise in the West. No disrespect to any team... Like, the, the Mavericks gave the Clippers an absolute I mean, the Mavericks were one of the best offensive teams beating, of all time. The Nuggets ended up beating them, and I think the Nuggets are going to be a damn good team.
0: Yeah, but I'm saying they want six games with the Mavs, dude. I can see them going second with the having Warriors. Having said
2: that, teams like the Clippers need home field home court advantage. Had they had home court...
0: Yeah, but this could the be another, this could be another series. bubble situation.
2: I don't think the Mavericks and I don't think the Mavericks series is as close as it is. No, it's because the I agree. guys without crowds, yeah, yeah, yeah. going to just
0: focus on basketball. I agree. They don't have to worry about the you
2: know, all the other crap.
0: But at the same time, there was no experience, it, zero playoff it, experience for the that entire. I mean, the match Mavericks season.
2: team's on the rise. My point though yeah. is, if I'm the Warriors, I'm thinking, yeah, so like the Thunder, we need to accumulate picks and start over mm. because this is a this is a, this is a very cutthroat league. They're still you're so either weak. a contender yeah. or you're not. You don't want to be in the middle. Look at the Spurs right now. You don't want to be the Spurs, a team that's going to win 43 games. That's just not a team you want to be. You'd rather be a 19 to 20 team, uh, win team or a 60 win team that can win a championship.
0: That, that's where you want to be. I just, I, I think it would, I, I cannot see Steph getting traded. I just can't see it.
2: I would, I would entertain it at least. Yeah. All that's right, one
1: last, of the last, of the last question for you guys uh, Is Javis Winston really that bad? And
2: <laughs> uh, yeah, that's a great question because of the fact that I, I, you know what?
0: I think they're bullshitting, dude. I think, uh,
1: here's, I here's think, the I think it's a bullshit
2: I actually don't.
0: It's games. I actually don't. All
2: right. I think Sean Payton really has an
0: affinity for uh
2: uh Taysom Hill.
0: Yeah, for a couple of players, just watched.
2: Think about this. Real quick, real quick, I know we gotta go to break. Taysom Hill is at 18 pass attempts. Antoine Rundalell, a wide receiver, had more pass attempts than Taysom Hill has in his career. More touchdowns, no interceptions. taysom hill for some damn reason is in sean payton's back pocket they've paid this guy 20 million guaranteed this is not a mirage this is not some fugazi thing guys sean payton really likes taysom as a quarterback for some damn reason he paid him 20 million guaranteed over the next two years he's going to play quarterback this week it is not a facade it is not fake It is really going to happen. To answer your question, Eddie, no. Jameis Winston really isn't that bad. I don't know what the fuck Sean Payton's thinking. He's clearly their best quarterback right now. You need to play Jameis Winston. Sean Payton, wake the fuck up.
0: I don't know if you saw, but Sean Payton came out today after that that news broke that he was starting. He actually came out and refuted that and said that they haven't announced who's starting. I I think this is smoke and mirrors. I think they're just – since they're without Drew Brees, a legendary quarterback, it gives the teams something to think about heading into the matchup because obviously there's two different dynamic type of players – obviously uh Jameis being more of a traditional back or quarterback i think i think you're gonna see Jameis get the majority of the snaps dude i don't think you're gonna go out there and let Taysom him run wildcat all fucking game i just don't think that's gonna happen because he's not a good true quarterback and if you're trying to lose that's a good strategy i think Jameis gives him the best chance to win i think Jameis is gonna play the majority of the snaps
2: i'm putting the poll out right now on our twitter account i know you guys will hear this later tonight it makes no sense who dude. plays more snaps at quarterback for the saints James Winston or Taysom Hill. I'm posting it right now.
0: Why did Jameis fill in for Drew Brees when he went out? That I mean, <laughs> Taysom didn't go in there taking the majority of snaps. Jameis did.
2: Good Eddie hour, Ed. I appreciate that, brother. We need to get to uh, the mailbag though, real quick, with the people. We need to to you guys. Are. The people, the people, the people. go to that. Casey Hemp Company, your most trusted CBD provider in Kansas City, shipping nationwide. Ancient plant for a new age health. Follow them on Facebook and Instagram at Casey Hemp Co. Mail time. Mail time. Mail time. The mail's Mail here.
0: Time.
2: It is time for the Monday Mailbag. What we do each and every week is we give you the listening audience, the viewing audience, the opportunity, the platform to take over the show for an entire segment. Whatever you guys are heated on, whatever you want to debate, discuss, topics, your your posts, we see them all the time, guys. So we figured, what the hell, let's take a portion of the podcast and give you guys that opportunity to, to voice them. So nevertheless, no more needs to be said. Eddie Ortiz, what is in the Monday Mailbag? All Tuesday?
1: right, man. Uh, we were just talking about this feller. uh not, feller? Hmm. <laughs> not that long ago, right <laughs> before we started recording. Feller. So uh, good old Shaggy, uh, Shaggy Shane. OG. Oh, uh, his question is, does the concern of the Chiefs' slow start on defense concern you not only going into the Raiders' game this Sunday night but for the remainder of the season?
2: I don't like being one of the guys that, that says, well, last season they did this, so therefore it will happen this season. Because every year, every team is different, even with the same personnel because things change. I have my concerns about this defense. But as crazy as it sounds, it isn't what he's bringing up. I want to see this team get better and more efficient at getting to the quarterback. Frank Clark and Chris Jones have not had a very good season to this point. They've had moments. I'm going to give them that. I'm not going to say they've been terrible. But they've not been consistent by any stretch. They have got to get better. They are leading this defense. I know Tyron Matthews got the back end. But they're not getting pressure on the quarterback enough this season. Not nearly enough. I can't can't stress how many times I've seen a quarterback in the back that could have literally taken a nap and done his taxes in the backfield before throwing the ball against this this pass rush. Yeah. And I'm saying that with all due respect, but it is just they've just not gotten the job done in the pass rush. The Chiefs are actually seventh against the pass this season. They've given up eleven passing touchdowns and they've intercepted the ball, what, I mean, nine-nine. One, nine one of the times. top takeaway teams. Yeah. Defensive takeaways. They've only given up two more passing touchdowns than they've turned the ball over. Right. That's incredibly good. Yeah. yeah. So I'm going to give the Chiefs pass defense a lot of credit, especially with as many. You know, Bashad Brillian misses the first month. Lord sneed has got for four or five games. And they've still held it tight. That's praise to Spags. That's praise to Spags yeah. But that's praise to Dan Sorensen having a career year. For Teron sure. Matthew having another all-pro season. Juan Thornhill's been unbelievably what good
0: about
2: this you? year. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> I'm not, I'm, I'm, show's over now. <laughs> but but to answer the question as, as thoroughly as I possibly can, I'm not as concerned about the pass defense as I am about the pass rush. If things don't get better in the pass rush. Patrick Mahomes is going to have to play like he did in 2018, where he's just going to have to outscore folks every each and every week because that's the only way the Chiefs are going to be able to beat teams because their the opposing quarterback is going to have all day in the pocket.
0: Yeah, I'm not worried about our secondary. I think they're going to they, they're going to do what they do. They they make plays most of the time. Our guys in the right place. Very very rarely outside of that, a couple plays in the Carolina game and, and then and then in the Raiders game. Do we ever rarely ever get beat over the top? Uh, we don't let guys blow by us our corners have been very good about you know keeping the proper amount of distance and not letting too much space be, uh develop between them and the receiver so i'm not too worried about our secondary holding up we were weaker last year and we held up fine against uh you know a tough opponent in the super bowl and in the playoffs throughout um my biggest concern obviously on the defense and even the, i think our defensive front has been okay it's, it could obviously improve and i think i believe it will once we're once frank clark is over dealing with whatever he's dealing with i think he's i think he's been more banged up than let on um but i think our linebackers is the, my biggest concern by far i just i'm not i mean we've been just getting pummeled up the up the gut with the run and then too many offensive not even very good offensive. i mean obviously the raiders offensive line is good and they are been one of the top if not the top rushing offense right now between them and the browns throughout the year uh, obviously the titans have a very good running game as well but We've just been getting gashed up the up the middle and underneath, and I know we like we've talked about numerous times on the show. We we're a bend don't break type of defense. Still, we adjust. Um, But even heading into this week, I want to see you know our linebackers kind of toughen up a little bit. We've seen you know spotty moments where Hitchens kind of looks a little like he's getting a little nasty out there. Um, But I do want obviously I think Willie Gay is developing, and I think we've seen that as the last four weeks have transpired uh i think we're gonna see more from our linebackers but i'm not i'm not i'm really not concerned about our defense i'm really not i think our defense has been outside of a couple like the outside of the 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 raiders game obviously we were which we were caught by surprise which i'll give you a pass and then we allowed way too much points to be scored granted that is a very talented offense in carolina a very talented roster in general and they had just got McCaffrey back who's one of the deadliest weapons in the entire league um so we i expected them to put up points um, but overall, as the, the season goes on, as the second half of the season transpires, I'm not too worried about our defense, man. I think, for the most part, we've held most of our opponents, you know, sub sub 20 points, or just maybe a barely over 20 points. You can't ask for much more than that, especially when we can put up the points that we know we can put up. So I'm not I'm not worried about it, honestly.
1: All right, next question, for Donnie Couch. Hey guys, hope you're having a great day today. Hey, yeah, I am. <laughs> Uh, do you think the Phoenix Suns have a chance to be uh, good this year? I think they could be the fifth seed in the West. Oh, mm.
2: they don't, I don't think they have a, a chance to be good. They're going to be good. The Suns are going to be a 50-plus-win team this year. Devin Booker is going to be, in my opinion, I think he already is a top-ten player in the NBA. If he's not, he's right on the outside. Um, Scoring-wise alone, this guy is just stupid and stupid talent. I think he's, what, 24 now, if I'm not mistaken. He's going to start getting to his peak years. Uh, not to mention the acquisitions they've gotten with CP3, a perfect veteran, a perfect fit for Phoenix uh, for this year. Uh, I think that they're going to be a team. They're not gonna, I don't think they're going to contend because I think the Lakers are going to absolutely just blow through the West this year. Uh, that's no offense to anybody else. They're just going to be that much better than everybody else. But outside of the Clippers and maybe the Mavericks, there is not going to be a better team in the well. No, I take that back completely. The Nuggets are going to yeah. be the second best yes, team uh, in the, in the West, but I think that they, I think the Suns will be up there contending with the Clippers and the Mavericks. I think they're going to be up there with those teams. So, actually, yes. In fact, I'll be shocked if they don't get a top five seed in the West this year because I think they'll be that good. And with the West kind of being down with the Rockets and Warriors expected to drop a lot this year, I think Harden's going to go to the Philadelphia 76ers, but that's just my opinion. Um, but yeah i think that i think they're definitely going to be a, a, a top tier team in the western conference
0: hmm. i would not say they're going to be top tier yet that's that's kind of jumping the gun a little bit i know chris paul's a, a, obviously a legendary hall of fame type player but the guy's 36 going on 37 years old it's not like he could be some young buck that's going to go in here and transform this team it's still devin booker's team devin booker has never shown he can lead a team into any kind of playoff run i know he looked great in the, and the, they looked great and they went uh, they didn't lose a game throughout the bubble and they did everything they could to make the eighth seed in the West. I, I'm not ready to put I mean, I'm lumping them in there with the Portlands, with the Sacramento's, with the Memphises right now. Because that's where they belong, because that's where they've always been. I'm not gonna I'm not I love Chris Paul. I just don't know if I believe in him yet to go. And plus Chris Paul's going from a really well coached team in, in OKC, that he fit that system perfectly, to a uh, maybe good coach team in, in Phoenix who hasn't been well coached in years, who hasn't even been a good team in years. Since Steve Nash left, they have not been anything. So, I mean, as much as I love Devin Booker's game, as much as I think he's blossoming into a superstar in this league, I don't, I really don't know what to expect because they don't have too much depth right now. Um, I love DeAndre Ayton, but he's very spotty. He's very inconsistent. He's obviously, he's becoming injury prone. He's been getting banged up. He's had some, like, I think, I believe a back issue and a knee issue already. Um, so I I'm excited to see what it can become. Cause I do like Devin Booker a lot. And obviously I love Chris Paul and we've seen what he can do when he goes to a team, he can definitely obviously change it for the good. Um, but I can also see it going the other way. You know, I can also see him not meshing well with the, a lot of those young bucks over there. Um, but it, I mean, the West is going to be very exciting looking f- to a lot of these teams that are trying to make their mark, especially like teams like Sacramento and Memphis teams that were both really, you know, trying to push it and John Moran becoming a star himself, you know, who knows, um, I'm excited to see. Like I said, I think the West is. There's a lot of things that can come out of the West that no one's really expecting, uh, and there's a lot of fifth seed and lower that really up for grabs for anyone in the entire West, which is not normal most of the time. You know, one through six, one through seven seed, you already kind of know who's locked in there. But with the heat, with the, the heat, the Rockets, you know, dispersing more than likely. There's a lot of things there, and OKC is taking a step back. Who knows? They could definitely, man. Who knows? They can make some noise, and and, and CP3 could be that guy. They can jump up to the you know fourth, fifth seed. Who knows? But yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to, to see how that chemistry develops.
1: All right, next question, Dottie Couch. <clears throat> is Lamar Jackson overrated?
2: Yes, yes, uh, absolutely. Uh, Lamar Jackson is a fun player. Uh, you know, you know, who Lamar Jackson reminds me of, <clears throat> and I don't equate it to the injury side of things. I just uh, from what he is. Tell
0: us, Lance. A realistic Tell us, St. Derek
2: Derrick Rose. Derrick Rose Cross won court. an MVP. During LeBron's prime, Patrick Mahomes is LeBron James in this scenario. We all knew who the better player was, but Derrick Rose was the highlight. He was this illustrious, fun player who was also putting up big numbers and led his team to a great season. But then he ran into the buzzsaw. That's what's happened with Lamar Jackson when it comes to Patrick Mahomes. He's not a bad player by any stretch. He's an incredible athlete, better than, more than he is a great player, better than he is a great quarterback. We've seen it time and time again. When it comes to close games, when it comes to trailing, Lamar Jackson is not a great player. Can he have fun plays? Can he run the ball excessively great? Yes. It's fun to watch. But when it comes down to the nitty-gritty, when it comes to winning big games, Lamar Jackson has yet to do it. But Lance, he's only 23 years old. He's got a lot of experience in the NFL by this time. He's had almost just as much of experience in the NFL as as Patrick Mahomes has as a starting quarterback. And he is so far behind Patrick Mahomes because he can't throw the ball down the field accurately. He can't hit the outside seam throws. He can't. He can't. You hear that he can'ts. There's a lot of he can'ts involved to Lamar Jackson. So, unfortunately for Lamar Jackson, as fun as he is, and I will say that over and over again because I love watching Lamar Jackson play football. It's like watching when we were kids, we'd have our friends come out. that were just freak athletes. Just go out there and just outdo everybody and outspeed everybody. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to making a crucial play – can they do it? I don't think Lamar Jackson can do it, and until he can, he's Derrick Rose.
0: Yeah, this is why I always scoffed at the comparison between him and Pat, because even like the likes of like Marcellus Wiley and a couple other talking heads on TV have talked about the comparison. Some of them, Marcellus himself was even talking about how Lamar is better uh, because his strengths outweigh the strengths I'm of Mahomes. Sure. The thing is that was so funny that I always scoffed at was Lamar's strengths are what most quarterbacks can't do, which is with his legs. Most quarterbacks don't have the ability that he has with his legs. But Pat's strengths are what quarterbacks are expected to do, and he's the best at what quarterbacks are expected to do, which is throwing the football, right? At the end of the day, yes. And, and being and being able to come back and, and win big games, which he did the entire postseason last year, which Lamar's proven he can't, he hasn't done it up to this point. Um, so I, I just think it's funny that Pat is literally the best at what you do as a quarterback. Lamar's the, the best at... Implementing something that's not common with the quarterback, right? Was which, which is depending on your legs more than your arm. If I, it, it doesn't make any sense to 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 compare the two with one that's better at actually throwing the football, which is what you're supposed to be known for and it's your job, rather than the other guy that's depending on his legs first. So is he overrated? I mean, at this point, you, you can't really argue that he's not, right? Because he's 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 lost big games. He's just the, the recent loss to the Steelers or the recent loss to the Steelers and the Patriots. You know, those two losses, they, they were right there in the game. It wasn't like you're asking them to make some drastic comeback. Granted, that, that game against the Patriots was completely nasty. It's probably the worst weather I've seen all year so far. It was like 30-mile-an-hour winds. It was just absolute downpouring rain. But Cam Newton, similar type quarterback, way worse roster, beat you. You know, so there's no excuse there. It's the same type of flair. Him and Cam Newton are similar. Obviously, Cam's a bigger body, and he's been there and done that in one bigger game. He's been to a Super Bowl but at the same time you're the young buck that's kind of like the, the rising star of the league, supposedly the last year's mvp and the superstar of last year and you and he always chokes in the big games, right? So i he's proven that he, it's not us saying that he's overrated. He's letting everyone know that he is because you said he can't throw to the sticks. He can't throw, you know, back shoulder throws, outside fade, slats, routes, yeah. fade routes to the outside. He can't he can't hit those over the shoulder throws. He just can't. He's great at you know using his legs and extending plays and just <clears throat> throwing a fifty yard bomb when someone breaks open downfield. That's fine. Or hitting his tight end in the open, but outside of his tight end and, and Hollywood Brown breaking open for a, a play. There's we not, never. Made, there's not much happening. We here. And I
2: say we as in here because I don't want to speak. For I'm not other, I don't want to speak for any other show or any other people. I speak for us. We never made the comparisons between Lamar and Patrick right. because we never thought there was one. all
0: last year. That's all it was because he was the MVP. But
2: because that was a thing, and they tried to make this a rivalry. And time and time again, Patrick has just kicked his shit in. Right now, we're looking at the okay. What are their glaring differences? Okay, in just the two seasons, the two and a half seasons, the Patrick Mahomes has been a starter. We can look at about ninety-three passes that can say, "Man, that is a great throw." Go look at all rack up all the highlights of Lamar Jackson's career to this point. I guarantee you 80 to 90% of them are not throws. They're run plays. They're not throws. That's yeah. the problem and Trevor nailed it on the head. As a quarterback at the end of the day, you got to make the throws. Right. What quarterback in the history of this league well, what's hard was to, a run first quarterback right. that won shit?
0: Or that or that Not a single or, or, or that didn't get figured out over time? Yes. If you're depending on your legs first, you're going to get figured out. They're gonna you're gonna you're gonna get blitzes up the ass yeah. and you're gonna they're gonna force you to beat them with your arm. And you he hasn't been like, able to do that to this You point. had
2: guys like Steve Young that were incredible athletes running the ball. Right. But what separated Steve Young from Michael Vick? He could throw the ball insanely well down the field accurately. Well, Michael Vick could too. But... Michael Vick was nowhere near the third Steve Young was. No, nowhere we're... near. That's what I'm talking but about. The far intimate superior separation. Athlete.
0: Yeah.
2: No, no. Athletically, Michael Vick's maybe the greatest quarterback we've Michael ever Vick seen outside of Lamar Jackson of the arm, dude. The, and Kyler Murray now too. Yeah. But the point is, this, what separates these guys is, what can you do with this bad boy, the, your arm? That's what separates Patrick Mahomes. He had a great run play against the Titans. That was fun. That's one of the greatest plays of his career to this point, and it's a highlight, maybe the greatest play in Arrowhead Stadium's history. Yeah. But what can Patrick Mahomes do with his arm? That's the real highlight here. And that's the real separator.
0: Yeah, I mean, if you had a game where he say say you say quarterbacks weren't allowed to run away from run escape the pocket and run, Lamar's fucked. And you're expecting, Lamar's and, and, and you need to, you need a quarterback that's going to win you a game in the pocket alone. He's one of the worst yeah. players in the league. If we're being honest, right? Are you taking
2: Lamar over? Right. Like of all, and I'm not even trying. To I know be that's an unfair but
0: hypothetical, but I'm but just saying.
2: Of the t- like 20 best quarterbacks in the league right now, if you could not run the ball as a quarterback and just had a throw, how many of those 20 quarterbacks are you not taking? I mean, over that, Lamar but that's Jackson? why
0: he was sexy coming into the league because he was not traditional. He was something that we haven't really fun. seen before, and it was fun for a year, and it ran its course. And I truly believe it's running its. He's course. He's gonna have to figure some shit out, or that team's gonna have to figure some shit out, or he. You fifth, on, your option he's been quick. taking some hits this year, too. And I, I said from the very get, get-go when he came to this league, it, he's not a big frame guy, dude. He's a scrawny, bean-pull type guy. If he doesn't put size on... The, re- the reason Cam sur- survived as long as he did, and he's been banged up throughout his career, is because he's Six so five, damn two, huge. Yeah. And he can, he's a linebacker out there throwing and running the ball. So, Lamar... I don't know, man. I, don't, I mean... I, I don't know, how, even if, if I was a diehard Baltimore fan, I, I don't know how I could be a believer in him to go win us big games because he has not done it yet. In yeah, every, every single scenario, he's he failed. failed.
2: right now, honest question. Who would you take right now, Lamar or Kyler Murray? Or
0: Josh Allen, shit. Or
2: Josh Allen. I'm taking Josh Allen right now. I would take Kyler Murray and Josh Allen. Over Absolutely, the
0: dude. Mm. It sucks, but it's just the it is what it
2: is. All right, is. next
1: question. Uh, are the Dolphins for real?
2: Yes. They are for real because they have a franchise quarterback. That is the difference. Atua's
0: not. They've got a
2: second.
1: badass defense over no, there, no, too, dude. No, no,
2: that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. They, this defense has been for real. Yeah. The, only, the ultimate separation has been they've been playing with a backup quarterback. Mm-hmm. Now they have a franchise quarterback.
0: Coach Flores is a And Coach Flores is a, Flores
2: is a real – for the first time in Belichick's tree, they got themselves a legit yeah. head
0: coach. Yeah.
2: Yes, the Dolphins are for real because they take care of the ball. They don't turn the ball over. They get the ball from offenses mm-hmm. and they have incredible schemes each and every week. Brian Flores has this team coached up to the tee each and every week. I don't know if there's been a game this year where the Dolphins have been outcoached. I don't know. I can't. We've watched, what, four or five games this year on, on, on the red zone. Form, oh, we're the completely Dolphins. out of a game. When they have they been out of a game? They each and every yeah. week. They don't look outmatched. They beat the shit out of the Rams. A team that is super rewarding Chargers year, too beat the shit out of that team. Yeah. It, didn't, it wasn't even a match. Yeah. My point, though, is, is that Adding to it to that with his talent and ability, this team, how, how can I sit here and tell you they're not for real? Because if they're not for real, then there's like eight teams right now in the league that everyone thinks just assumes they're for real are not for real. Yeah. They're just me. I told Trevor this. If you put the Dolphins in the NFC, I think they're the best team in the NFC right now. I disagree with that. But yeah. And that's fine. But you have there's the argument to be made. Because again, on all three facets, they are top tier. They can score. They can defend, and they their special teams are incredibly they're tight a,
0: Yeah, they're a tough, gritty team, man, with guys like Sue and other players over there that are just – this is all around, that entire roster. Everybody's bought into Coach Flores' message, and they're just a tough-as-nails team. And at, They're in every single game. I mean, they're a run-heavy team, and they've had a revolving door of running backs over there. They've lost a lot of guys. So, I mean, and Tua, I've liked what I've seen from Tua. He's very smart. He's more of a game manager right yeah. now, nothing real sexy. Yeah. Pretty Alex Smith-ian over there but
2: extremely efficient
0: man. yeah but i mean he, yeah I, I like what i see over there man and that that, that division still very much up for grabs i mean i think i think the bills will take it away towards as the year you know progresses but because they're the best team in that division but that division's tight right now and the miami's definitely been making a push as of late and they're fun to watch man they are they're they fun are to fun watch to that watch. defense is is fun to watch they've been you know i think they have like four or five defensive touchdowns on the year already so
2: I think Brian Flores should get coached here. Just, just throwing that. out there. Yeah,
0: especially with depending on what they record-wise finish with. I mean, if they get go out there and get ten wins, dude.
2: Which is very possible. They can yeah, be, yeah, by the time they face the Chiefs, they can be nine and three. Yeah, if, like, they from, if they go from they go from
0: last three. year to this year getting ten wins. Yeah. That's that's crazy with a rookie quarterback. Yeah.
1: All right. Uh, next question, Donnie Couch. Uh, would it be bad if the Clippers trade for Russell Westbrook?
0: Yes,
2: because you're take you, they they can't do it.
1: Be good for all. the Lakers.
2: It's a, no, it's literally impossible from a cap standpoint. They'd have to literally, yeah. they'd have to trade Paul George. They'd have to trade multiple pieces that they've already got. They, they would have to get rid of, which means they have no depth. You would have Kawhi Leonard who loves to load manage already with yeah. a bunch of scrub. I and Russell Westbrook. Yeah. I'll soon to be thirty three year old Russell Westbrook. Nah.
0: I could not see Westbrook and, and, and Kawhi meshing. That would be a mess. I mean with 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 quiet, super quiet passive aggressiveness and 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 Russ's over-aggressive, over-aggressiveness. <laughs> I mean it'd be it'd be a colossal <laughs> mess to watch and be fun to watch and entertain. I want Russ to go to the Knicks. That's where I want him to go cuz he's such a Knicks type player. I want him to see and I, plus I want to see him face off with with KD numerous times a year. I mean how how great would that be for the East? That's the fan in me I want to see. But I mean if they would be yeah, it would be an absolute stupid move to because like you said, you would have to move Paul George, and Paul George is—you're not going to get move Paul George and get somebody better unless they go get Bradley Beal, who I think is a better player at this point. Uh, that would be a good move if they moved Paul George and got Bradley Beal. He would fit that offense actually better, and he's not a choke artist. You know, I mean, he has many that many chances, but the guy has they ice in his veins. Me. So, yeah, that would be—I mean, that would be a good move for the Lakers because that would—they that would, would crumble over there.
1: <laughs> but. All right. Last question comes from Billy Hodge. How much more does Bell get involved in the offense going forward?
2: A lot more. Uh, This is now a month into Bell's tenure with the Chiefs. We have to remember something. (laughs) This isn't an offense you just walk into and say, all right, yeah, I'm I'm a part of this now. No, this is an offense you have to – Really understand and learn and digest yeah.
0: and go even for Clyde, time and time. yeah. yeah. Uh,
2: and 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 furthermore, man, you're talking about like I said, Le'Veon Bell going coming from a situation that he came from to now this. There's a lot of standards that he has to put on himself too. So I'm imagining that he, I don't want to speak for him, but I imagine he wasn't as motivated with the Jets as he is now with the Chiefs. So he's probably what? physically getting himself into the place he wants to be as well. So, um. I wouldn't be shocked if this week we start to see Le'Veon Bell really, really take shape into this offense. But more than anything, as we, as I've been saying uh, since we got Le'Veon Bell, the biggest, the, the the sole purpose for Le'Veon Bell is the playoffs. The Chiefs didn't get him for regular season games; they got him for the playoffs. He is going to be that guy that, in the playoffs, when you need a third and three, he's going to be the guy you go for. Uh, whether it's going to be straight up the gut, and he just patiently finds that hole and hits it or he's going to be the guy that does the little barrel route down. Yeah. And he yeah. goes and gets those basically, he's going to be an extended version and extremely more talented version of what Damian Williams was for the chiefs last season.
0: Just wait. That's what's going to happen. I really hope it's this week. I really, really do. I've always been a diehard Le'Veon fan. I've loved his game. I love the way he altered his body coming into the league. He was an overweight running back coming into the league and he's got in peak shape after year one. Dude's an absolute specimen. One of the most patient runners I've ever seen has great burst ability it's just a matter of uh, can our O line can our O line give them holes? But that's our running game in, in general. That's why I think we've really gotten away from the run the last four weeks because we our O line has just been so weak and we've been a revolving door of bodies, not a lot of trust there. Um, so that's why we're, we're such a pass heavy. I mean, obviously we're pass heavy because we have the best quarterback in the league, but we've gotten away from the run a whole lot lately because I don't think we trust our O line to to you know uh, pass block or run block in general. So I don't think we can create holes for him. Lev is great at finding the hole and finding and following his blocker. But when our old line is not that good right now, it's hard to have patience behind it. It's kind of like, you got to go when you get that chance and he, he thrives when you give him a little extra time to follow that right blocker. Um, I do think, I mean, as soon as we signed him, Andy Reed was talking about, he has, he already has plays drawn up for him. And I fully expect uh, to see those as in these last few weeks of the year, especially in the playoffs. I think we'll unleash the crack in a little bit in the playoffs. Um, Cause I still think he's got a whole lot of juice left um and i'm here for it but i think it starts this week and i know we'll get into the game in our preview here coming up next but i think this week we see a whole lot of lev and i i was really expecting that in the, J- the jets game i was as a fan really wanting to see that No, know there's no revenge narrative there because he barely played any any any, and there's no real bad blood outside of gase just being you know a terrible coach <laughs> and not knowing how to use him or using it at all um I really wanted to see him just go ham on the Jets and get four touchdowns. You know, like you you're talking about throwing one, receiving one. I was talking, I about, it, I was talking yeah. about rushing one, receive one, and throw one. I want to see it. <laughs> fuck, um, put him in punt return. And plus, I you know, plus I had him on my fantasy team. I was really hoping to cross my fingers. He got like five snaps. And I was like, fuck. <laughs> but I think this week would be a good one because we don't have a lot of him on film, and I think that would, that would be another element of surprise for the Raiders and for us to open up the game and really just go smash mouth, run heavy early, or maybe you know get like a double digit lead and then go heavy with Lev. Um, because I think uh, Clyde's a little banged up right now. I think he was a little banged up. Hang- yeah, so Thomas. I hope it's this week uh, as far as implementing him more into the offense. I think it's. I think it starts this week. Coming off the bye, makes a lot of sense.
2: All right, that's it. Good mail, good mailbag, guys. That was uh, that was a lot of fun. Um, and thank you, Donnie. I think I will have myself a good day, a good weekend. I think that's what he said at the beginning of his first question. I appreciate that. I think we're going to have a good weekend because to segue into the ultimate, what you guys have all been waiting for. Chiefs-Raiders preview. We're going to give you guys our thoughts. Mostly I'm going to get Trevor and Eddie's thoughts because I feel like I unleashed whatever I was thinking, whatever fury I had You blew your load, that's for sure. Yeah, I definitely did. I had a cigarette after that. Uh, But I'm going to definitely get Trevor and Eddie's thoughts on this one. We got Clay Wendler's down. You got two out of four, guys. You're about to get all four in just a second. So I cannot wait to get Trevor and Eddie's thoughts on what's going to take place in this matchup. We'll get back to that. A spoken podcast segment number four, I believe that is. Or five, I that have your host, Lance Will here inside the Twigwell studios with my guys, Trevor Twigwell. What's good? Eddie Ortiz. Yo, yo, yo. Our guy Clay Windler already dropped his thoughts, his uh his knowledge on this Raiders Chiefs matchup. <clears throat> I'm so excited, guys. Like I said, I started the show off with this. I I could not wait to, to give you guys my thoughts on how I see this thing going down. I have a few more thoughts I'm gonna give you guys, but but I want to I want to start off with Trev. And get your thoughts on on how you see this game, because you know, and Clay brought it up on the break right now about how you know he he said it a while ago actually before the the first matchup about how it'd be interesting if the Chiefs were to lose that game, it would make things a lot more interesting between these two teams. Because to Clay's point, I mean, there there hasn't been a lot of games this season that we were emotionally driven and attached to. I mean, there's been a lot of clunkers. There's been a lot of, you know, snooze fest because the Chiefs are just completely better than their matchup, or the game was closer than it should have been. It was very frustrating because you felt like the Chiefs just didn't play their best. There has been a lot of, like, satisfying games this season. And I feel like the Chiefs now have a golden opportunity here to get one of those types of games in against a team that does matter to all of us here. There is history between these two teams and between these fan bases. Trev, uh, you know, we we watch that game together, man. We watched the Chiefs take that L and give up forty fucking points to Derek Carr, mm. a guy who's been significantly below average against the Chiefs in his career. I think he's three and ten. Um, he's only thrown, I think, uh, eighteen touchdowns against the Chiefs to twelve interceptions.
0: A couple fumbles in there. How do you see this thing going down, man? I mean, this is just a a, a recipe for a Chiefs blowout. It just it just is. No matter, you can't avoid that um, with the defensive. Scenario that's going on with the Raiders with them. None of them being able to practice. Who knows who actually going to play Uh clone Farrell, most likely more than likely, I believe hasn't been ruled out yet, but we'll not. Yeah. Okay. So he's not playing. That's huge. He was really good against getting, pre- he was really good last, last game with getting pressure on Pat. Pat was under duress the entire game, that, that, that game. Uh, and they were only bringing three or four guys most of the time. And they were zoning out. And that's, that was a good recipe. And, and they found success that way against us. And, um, the way I see this game going, man, I, I just I don't see a scenario where we don't put up thirty five plus points on this Raiders defense with the with with us coming off the bye with their defensive woes. Who knows who's playing? Uh, um, them being without Trent Brown, their best uh, offensive guard um, or offensive tackle. Um, it's just everything sets. Up. I know they're the home team. Us being the favorite once again. We're coming in healthier than probably all year, most likely. Um, I think it was outside of Sammy, who was a question mark, and and Schwartz, who's a question mark.
2: Yeah, Schwartz won't play.
0: Yeah, so we're about as healthy as we can be. Um, And then on top of all that, when Chiefs head into a game when there's a narrative uh, that's not necessarily in our favor or there's like a mystery, a question, or people are possibly doubting the Chiefs for some strange reason, again, um, seeing that this is the only team that's beat us in more than a calendar year now. Um, is there some doubt that maybe they have our number, or you know, like when we heard, when people were doubting us against the Ravens, talking about you know how the, the Lamar and the Patrick Mahomes comparisons were all going, and then or the Ravens going to go undefeated? Were they the team in the AFC to beat, or the Steelers before Pat put it on the Steelers? All these things, the the Colts, our history, of the Colts, us losing them. Pat's continually flip narratives on their heads, right? So this is just another one of those things. People are doubting the Chiefs. People are 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 saying you know talking good things about the Raiders. And on top of that, we have bulletin board material with them doing that lap. And, you know, that being their Super Bowl type game, you know, finally getting the chiefs off, of, off of their back. So much shit talk that's been going on and then downplaying it on the Raiders side with, with, with Gruden and, and Carr coming out, just kind of down, downplaying the whole uh, bus ride around the, the stadium. I, I, I mean, I just don't think this game's going to be close. I want to, I want to make this an interesting take. I want to make this like oh I think this scenario is going to happen. I think they're going to. I think it's going to be closed down towards the end. I, Tyron Matthew, Chris Jones, Frank Clark, uh, Kelsey, obviously, and Pat especially. They love having a narrative. They love the bulletin board material. I know Andy Reid doesn't. <laughs> I know Andy Reid doesn't ever buy into any of it. He never talked. I me mean, out. But even but even this this past week this bye week Andy Reid even talked about it. So Andy Reid's talking about it publicly talking about how he didn't like it, you know that message is spread throughout the entire locker room. You know the dogs on the team, like I said, Tyron Matthew, Frank Clark, Chris Jones. Those guys are on Twitter. Those guys love talking that shit and backing it up when they want to. I'm expecting not only an offensive juggernaut-type game for us. I'm not only expecting four to five touchdown tosses from Patrick Mahomes. I'm expecting a 20-plus point victory from the Chiefs, dude. I'm expecting Pat to go out there and just remind everybody again. You're not going to go out there and disrespect us like that. I know you guys caught us by surprise. You guys are still a stepchild. You guys still live under our roof in this AFC division, uh, this AFC West division. So, I just, like I said, man, I want to make, I wanted to come in here and have a discussion about this game being possibly being interesting and then the Raiders continuing their success against us and, you know, us trying to balance that out and find a way to beat them this time. I just don't think that's going to, I think we're going to absolutely mollywop these guys and just completely, from the beginning, depending on who gets the ball first, I don't really care. I think defensively we're going to be, Maybe even more on the defensive side of this game because I know those guys are chomping at the bit. Not to, those guys dropped forty plus points on our defensive players' heads. They did that. You're not going to allow that again. I don't care if we're at home or on the road. I'm I'm almost just as excited to see what our defensive players do to stand up and change that than I am for Patrick Mahomes. I think Patrick Mahomes is going to go do his thing. I said I, I'm expecting at least four touchdown passes for Patrick Mahomes, and then I also think, like I mentioned before the podcast even started, I think this is a Le'Veon Bell game. I think we're going to let. There's been some up and down news about uh, Clyde being kind of banged up this week because he was like a, he was like a, he was like um, a, a partial participant in most of the practices this week. So I don't think I don't, I'm not expecting them to put Clyde out there for like a full load. I think yeah, we're going to get he
1: didn't practice Thursday.
0: That's what I'm saying. So that late in the week when you're not practicing, it's it, pivotal practice. So I think and I think Lev's ready to go. I think Lev is bought into the narrative. Lev is ready to rev. I, I just man <laughs> and also that's the fan of to me too. The, the I love Le'Veon Bell's game and I love him as a player. I want to see him just go put it on him, bro. And that's a tear. I don't care what anyone says. We can talk about how good the Raiders' defense has been playing these past few weeks. They haven't been playing that great of offenses. I mean, they beat the the Broncos. They beat I forget who remember the, who do they beat last week. Uh, I the can't Chargers. remember. General you know, the Raiders, the Chargers. Oh, they beat the Chargers. But that was a slow paced game. I I'm not buying into the Raiders' defenses like.
2: Wait, wait, you talking, talking about this last week? Yeah, yeah. the Raiders beat the Broncos. That was the Broncos yes. past weekend, was beat, this past yeah, week? yeah, the they Chargers beat. lost to the Dolphins. I believe this week. Yeah.
0: So I'm either way. I'm not this 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 Raiders defense. And like I said, not only is this defense bad, and I I truly believe this defense is bad. Who knows who's gonna be playing for them, right? So I expect us just to have our absolute way with them. I, I'm 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 super tempted to put our score up into the 40s, but I'm gonna say 35 plus just to kind of play it safe, and then I'll give my official prediction on Sunday.
1: Man, he pretty much hit everything, you know, everything there is to say. There's not much you can break down from this game from what he says. Like, this game – A Chiefs lot of narratives. Co- yeah, this game is like, you know, they're, they're, they're coming back with the vengeance. They, they they gave up those 40 points at home, mm. you know. It's like uh, the defense. I, I keep going back to the defense every single episode we have, like with the Chiefs this season. I hate how they start slow. Like I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's the game plan. I don't know what happens. I don't know if that's what they want to do. And then you know, a second half we'll come back and you know beat you. Mm. But the Raiders exposed that. It's like okay, you're gonna play shitty first half. And then you know we're just gonna keep on going. Yeah. And the, the Chiefs just couldn't adjust. Well, they the way I, it, I look at it, they too just is, couldn't adjust.
0: Yeah, the way I look at it too. One more thing is that the Raiders obviously that week gave us their. All-time they're, best. Yeah, they
1: the all-time, yeah. We didn't. We
0: just didn't, right? We scored eight points in the second half. That's That can't it a happen horrible, under a Patrick Mahomes game. and Andy yeah. Reid offense. That just can't happen, especially against that Raiders defense. They're going to get our best this time around. Yeah. So once, once – <laughs> even if they bring their best, even better than they did last and time. It won't be
1: enough for the It's not going
0: to – it doesn't matter.
1: I, I don't think the Chiefs are going to do a 20-plus 20, 20 point uh, – difference in the score. Um, you, better, I, you better believe it, buddy. It's going to be a double digit. I just don't think it's going to be 20 or more points that they're going to beat the Raiders by. Um, but, yeah, if, if this defense comes in, uh, the Chiefs defense comes in and, you know, plays the same way, it's just going to keep the game too close, you know, especially with the, with the AFC West opponent, you know, that they actually play better against the Chiefs than mm-hmm. any other teams. They're just, I don't know what happens every year. The Raiders or the Chargers are the only teams that actually play the cheese and potentially almost win every single game. So I, I, th- I think it could be a close game if this defense doesn't put the pressure on Derek Carr. Uh, we saw what Derek Carr could do with five deep throws. <laughs> yeah, he just completely dominated that defense with five fucking deep throws. And, like it, it's yeah. it's crazy. If he does that again this this game, you know, like and the same thing happens. It, it's just, you know, more and more questions are going to come out about this defense and this defense. Like, is this defense for real? It's just, you know, concerning of how they've been playing throughout this season. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys noticed it, but I always like every single game is like, fuck, they can't tackle to save their lives. <laughs> it's fucking annoying. And, and you know those easy plays they get beaten in those easy plays and mm. you're just like come on guys like just you know put your hand out there or something it's like they just give give up you know like when they get outrun it's like ah oh, fuck it, he's gone you know and they just stop chasing him it's like I, I i so yeah
2: the reason why this game is going to be significantly different from the the game the week 5 matchup is because of the fact that the chiefs are not going to be giving up big plays the reason why the defense doesn't cost the Chiefs games in any other game this year is because they don't allow what Derek Carr did with any other quarterback. Derek Carr is maybe the fifth best quarterback the Chiefs have faced this year, yet he had the best statistical game of any quarterback oh,
0: a big way, against the zero. Chiefs. And <laughs> a big reason we don't allow big plays like that too is because we're not normally trailing they jumped out ahead. Yeah. There was when, we're, when teams are trailing, you're expecting them to throw. The we, Raiders
2: had seven plays of twenty plus yards against the Chiefs. Meanwhile, the Chiefs only had two plays of twenty or more yards. So you're talking about we talk about they had their best game offensively yeah. they could have ever had against the Chiefs, yeah. and the Chiefs had about as mediocre of a game yeah, at the exact same time.
0: Three punts and a pick in the in the, in the you second have
2: half. four passes, four pass, four receptions. Between your two best wide receivers, Nelson Aguilar and Henry Ruggs.
0: And you know but why. Those
2: four receptions went for 185 yards and two touchdowns. Second of all, the Chiefs had two significant penalties that took off 14 points from the board. Whether they were legit calls or not, those are game changers. Derek Carr has 16 passing touchdowns this season. He had three against the Chiefs. Right. So in eight other games, he had 13 He's been very Alex Smith this year.
0: Well, they've been a, they're have a very run-heavy
2: offense. 50% of his interceptions this season came in that one game against the Chiefs. So, we're talking about... I hate to downplay what the Raiders did, because they are a good team. They're not a bad team by any stretch. That game was a one-hit wonder. They were the chomba that day. That was a, I get knocked down, but I get <laughs> Millie up again.
0: Milly-ba-milly, baby. They
2: ain't, got, they ain't getting up again. I'm telling you, that—that that is... There's a reason why the Chiefs have lost one game in this entire calendar year. Despite facing other teams that are significantly better, despite facing quarterbacks that are significantly better than the Raiders. They underestimated their opponent, and that opponent capitalized. It is that simple. Yeah. The Chiefs play their game. I broke the stat down earlier tonight. I don't even know if I said it on air. I said it off air maybe. The Chiefs are 31-1 in the Mahomes era when they hold their opponent to 28 or fewer points. Uh, what's Andy Reid's record coming off the bye? 18-3. and three. Pretty good. The point is, you're not beating the Chiefs if you don't score more than four touchdowns. Right? The Raiders are going to have to duplicate what they did against the Chiefs, and they're not the team to do that, especially with everything that's against them right now, just in COVID alone. Mm. Frank Clark was abysmal against the Raiders. He got his ass thrown around the field by Trent Brown. Trent Brown's not playing this week. Now, on the flip side... Cleland Farrell had nine pressures on Patrick Mahomes in that game.
0: Yeah, that's the key of the game right there. He's not
2: playing this week. Right. Back on the other side of it, though, the Chiefs don't have their best tackle in Mitchell Schwartz. He'll be out for a fifth straight game. That's concerning. So the Chiefs are going to have to adjust themselves. McCole Hardman, we don't know for sure. He'll probably play, but we don't know for sure. Sammy Watkins, same thing. Rimmers, we don't know. There's a lot of mystery to this, this, this matchup. But there is a lot of sol- solid uh, aspects to this game as well that we know that even on a bad game, you want to call it a bad game. Patrick Walsh had 340 yards and three touchdowns in that game against the Raiders.
0: Jordan, that came in the first half, but yeah.
2: But yeah, but he. my, my point though is we they put it within a single the possession Absolutely at the very terrible. end of the game. And then you're talking about the Raiders converting 50% of the third downs. They had 14 third downs in that game. And they converted 50% of them. You're not – you can't allow them to extend drives like that. And they converted two out of two fourth-down conversions. One of those third-down conversions, by the way, was a third-and-18 mm-hmm. in the fourth-down to Hunter Renfro.
0: That's bullshit.
2: It was, it was beyond aggravating. It was a slow, agonizing death. It was a horrible day. It was a horrible game. Well, and the Chiefs ge- had to put the, that, on the, take the, the, that on the chin.
0: Yeah, and the entire time me and you watching, we were like, okay – Come on, guys. Yeah. Let's get our shit together. Let's we're going to win this fucking game. Like, yeah. And it just never happened. It never happened. We never got that energy. We never caught that rhythm. And when
2: was the last time we felt like that? Against the Titans last season.
0: Yeah. You kept feeling oh, like, well. okay,
2: this is eventually going to break. Patrick Mahomes is making throws. But even
0: then, there was more excuses then because yeah. we were banged up. Pat but, was banged up my, just my, coming back. But like, there
2: was things that never
1: happened. You had right.
2: blocked field goals. Yeah. You had muffed yeah. punches. All this crazy shit going on. And then we see it again against the Texans only the Chiefs did answer back and continued to punch. Mm-hmm. That's The last two losses the Chiefs have suffered was because of things that you never see happen. That's called sports, folks. I'm not trying to excuse it or, or push it aside because the Chiefs should have won that game. They should not have lost the Raiders, let alone give up 40 fucking points.
0: Well, I mean, the key to us losing that game, which is going to be the key to us winning this game this, this week, is getting Pat some time, dude. He he was under pressure every snap last that last game he played them. And it was it was embarrassing because their defensive front is not that good outside of Cleveland Farrell and Max Crosby, who I like Max Crosby. But he's not like an elite type player. He's not like a, you know, franchise type guy. He's gritty. He gets in there, he does his job. But those are not guys, I mean, we've we've beaten fronts and the likes of the the Ravens and, and 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 other teams that are better defensively than them. So our offensive line has got to step it up. That's gotta be I'm sure they hammered that away during the bye week is you know, setting up plays and 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 making sure our our guys are pass protecting. For Pat, because that was just the embar- most embarrassing performance I think I've seen from O line entirely throughout the since Since the year started, so I mean, I said, I, set, bad up, timing, I set up
2: the show tonight by saying that, that, that there needs to be a statement made by the Chiefs this week. Yeah, usually I'm like, I'm just expected. get the win. Let's wait for the playoffs. No, it's personal, now, let, yeah. Let, let's it's just get personal. healthy. Yeah. Let's just let's just win games. I don't give a fuck how we win them. Let's just win them and let's get to the playoffs, and then you can fucking shine and do what you do. That's what I'm saying. Like this game, way. the
0: narrative the Chiefs is... need to go
2: out there, and, and I didn't just say it for the hype to get you know fans hyped, although that was a goal in mind. The Chiefs really need to go out there and 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 drop forty plus on the Raiders this week. They need to because this isn't just a Raiders and Chiefs thing. The rest of the league is going to watch this game.
0: That's prime time, baby. If the
2: Chiefs go out there and and lay flat, win by a little margin, or lose again, the rest of the league's going to get the this team. They they can bleed. Well, and they the can, fa- if they can and, bleed, and, and, you can
0: kill it. And yeah, and then and, and, and what's on the line for this division? Obviously, if we lose this game, right? There's a, a lot this of this is a tight race. If we lose this game, the Raiders are right in there with us, man. They're a game behind us if we lose. If I'm Andy Reid, I like the idea of leaving Bill getting involved in this game, and I would. I hope that happens. I hope that happens.
2: If I'm Andy Reid, I'm letting Patrick Mahomes play like he did. I'm glad you brought up that Steelers game from mm. 2018. That actually is one of my favorite games. Narrative. That was his third career start.
0: Six touchdowns. He
2: threw six fucking touchdowns in that game. 326 State yard game. yards. State a 127 quarterback Kelsey. rating. One of his best games of his career. One of the best games I've ever seen a quarterback have. It looked easy. The attack. The, Andy Reid let, let that guy throw the ball down 20 yards 15 times in that game. Fifteen. Think about that. You let your quarterback throw 20-plus 20, 20 yards in the air 15 times in a game. Let him do that this week. The, the, the Raiders' defense is not only average at best, they're struggling now to stay healthy. This is the perfect time to let Patrick. And plus, the narrative is set up perfectly. It's personal, bro. He's got this MVP uh, a, a ballot sitting right here with Russell Wilson cooling down and Kyler Murray choking last night and all these other things going on. Patrick Mahomes goes out there and throws six touchdowns in Allegiant Stadium? You, fuck a bus ride. This motherfucker <laughs> is the bus. He went in there and ran all over that fucking field. You throw six touchdowns? That's what I want to see Andy Reid do is let, let Patrick Mahomes go in there and try to set a single-season touchdown, a single-game touchdown. This hole. is
0: what I'm saying, too. If, even if we get a, a comfortable lead, I think we're just going to keep pounding him.
2: Just I, the crazy I think we're going to keep
0: score, trying to score every possession until the game's over. I just think it's – more than, that's it's more than style. a statement, dude. That's it's, the
2: thing. That is what they need to make. Yeah. That is why it would stand out because it we makes know sense how coming off the bye Andy and Reed just absolutely 30, blowing them up. goes up 35 21 and there's 11 minutes left in the game, you're getting run plays for the rest of the game. Yeah. Fuck that. Levy let, let, let your offense fucking do what they need to do out there. Make a statement. Let Travis Kelsey get 12 receptions for 135 yards and two touchdowns. Let Tyreek Hill get eight receptions for 93 yards and a touchdown. Let McCole Hardman get. Two catches for 66 yards and a touchdown. Let these guys go out there, make highlight plays, put it in this fucking Raiders team, make them realize, holy shit, we're that far away. Because I remember we had Raider Cody on before that week five game, and I asked him, how far away do you think the Raiders feel right now from the Chiefs and getting to that upper echelon, the AFC West and the AFC as a whole? He said, they still got work to do. Now that they've won that game, they're going to deceive themselves in thinking, we're not that far away, guys. They win this game again, or if it's a close game, even more so. Remind these motherfuckers where they belong, and that is below the Chiefs. They have no business being this close. They have no business feeling this confident coming into this game on Sunday night. So if I'm the Chiefs, I know we, we, the, the realistic thing is, hey, just go in there and get a victory Mm-mm. and just you know move on. you got the Bucks coming up next week. No. No. This is a game. You need to get blood. You need to get that. Bl- I'm not. We're not usually that. These guys on this show. We're usually no. like, hey, let's just, you know, no, no. Let's get Let in, Patrick Holmes go out yeah, there and have is- a an historic game. Let him show the world. Let them show the Raiders who the fuck they are. That is a statement. That is the ultimate statement. Is letting Patrick Holmes go out there and wield his fucking hammer around that team because he is worthy. All right, we're gonna take a quick break because we have one more order of business
1: to do, guys. What's that called?
0: Hold this. Down. It's time to hold this L.
2: I want you to do me a favor and hold this L!
3: Somebody's got to hold
2: that L. <laughs>
0: the who? The her.
2: I'm talking like Caps Lock L-L-L-L-L-L-L. l l cool Jason. Hold that L.
0: Good God, man. Hold this gigantic, <gasps> veiny, oh <my>. pulsating L. <laughs> man...
3: You are one pathetic
0: loser, you ignorant bat! <laughs> wow, that was great. Oh, hold Sorry. this
1: L.
2: It is time to hold this L. What we do each and every week is we like to give out some friendly or not so friendly L's in the world of sports. Regardless of whether they're friendly or unfriendly, we promise you they are deserving. So Eddie Ortiz, Mister Yo Yo Yo, yourself, who is holding the L for you this week, and why is it F one?
1: It is not F one. Oh, <laughs> uh, my L is going to go to uh, Germany. Uh, obviously, the national team for soccer. Uh, just in case you guys were wondering. <laughs> Uh, FYI. (laughs) So, earlier this week, on Tuesday, to be exact, they played Spain in the Nations League in Europe. This team not only lost, but they got dominated. Mm. And you can tell by the scoreline. So, the scoreline was was 6-0. They lost by six goals. Uh, The the last big... uh, Blah that I can remember like of a good national team was Germany beating Brazil in the world cup semifinals seven to one. Mm. So I'm looking at it right now. Yeah. So since, since this team won the world cup, not only did they get eliminated in the group stage in, in uh, 2018 Russia, which uh, it's been a ongoing thing since Brazil, 2002. I think every world cup winner has been eliminated in the group stage, the following uh, world cup. They're uh, defending World Cup title tournament, you can say. Ever since ever since they won that World Cup, Germany has not been who they were. The, I don't know what happened. It, it's just been horrible. Uh, to tell you the least, Mexico even beat them in the World Cup. That tells you a lot. <laughs> Embarrassing. <laughs> and
2: he's like, trust me, I know.
1: So in 90 minutes, Spain uh, had... 23 shots to Germany's two shots, uh, 10 shots on target for Spain. Did you say
2: two shots? Yeah. Jeez, oh, two yes. shots on goal.
1: Oh, no, just two shots. Just two <laughs> shots, period. Not, back <laughs> Not on goal. Zero on goal and two shots oh, in the entire 90 minutes. Yikes. That
2: alone should just be given enough. Yeah,
1: Spain oh. got 23 shots and 10, on, uh, 10 shots on target. Spain had seventy percent possession to the thirty percent of uh, Germany.
2: We're talking about the Germany,
1: right? Germany,
2: the one that has the most World Cups of all time, right?
1: Uh,
2: or is it still Brazil?
1: It's Brazil. I think they got. I think but Germany the most has in like three the last, or four.
2: They've had the most in the last like twenty years, though, right?
1: Uh, no, I, uh, I think Brazil is. Damn. Uh,
2: okay. Well, Germany's been up there every the year. Germany, Germany's yeah.
1: up there. Yeah. Uh, but passes. Uh, Spain completed eight hundred and twelve. Germany completed 352. <laughs> That's a lot. F- so with that being said, I, I don't know what's happened to Germany. Uh, they have great talent. They have top-tier players, and they're play, playing mediocre.
2: They're playing straight shots. Yeah, so.
1: yeah, exactly. <laughs> so Damn. for that reason, Germany, they're going to have to hold, hold this, this L. L.
2: They were a Shiza. Straight uh, up, dude. Oh, God they were a shiza. damn. Trevor Twidwell, who
1: is holding the L for you this week, my dude? Not the Kings, please. Yeah, mm. and, and, why, and why isn't it's, it? Why would it be I the Kings? The Kings that. don't. I know you no, want to roll is with it the Kings the there.
0: There's no L-worthy Kings right now, but there is a W-worthy King, right King right now, and I'm going to go with the W instead of the L. Oh,
1: this is Aww. a
2: second
0: straight. I, I can't. I mean, like, who is this positive guy? Like, dude, good things have been happening, man. <laughs> There's been some cracks and crevices of good things in this year, uh, believe it or not. But my guy, man, swiper, my guy De'Aaron Fox, the point guard, starting point guard for the Sacramento Kings. He's
2: kind of rich now.
0: Getting the max deal, getting the five year hundred and sixty three million, uh, with the clause to reach a super max deal based on some incentives, which I think he will get because my dude is a baller. Um he's been the heart and soul of, I mean, I know this Kings team has been massively underwhelming. Uh, they've been, you know, Marvin Bagley, who we've been depending on to be our, our other star player next to Darren Fox, buddy Hield Hasn't rise. Rose hasn't come to rose to the risen to the occasion to be that second star. Uh, Bogey's a very good complimentary, mentally complimentary piece, but he, he's possibly, you know, getting shipped off somewhere else, maybe even the Lakers. Um, but the most consistent guy on this team has been De'Aaron Fox. And the guy is one of the best two-way players in this league. Is the fastest player in the league. Um, lockdown defender on the perimeter. Very aggressive on the, on the, on the uh, offensive end. Can, he's one of the best guys at finishing at the rack. Uh, if you, you can check the numbers, the guy's one of the best at finishing. He's very aggressive for his size. Um, if I wanted to give an L simultaneously with this WB to, to uh, Alonzo Ball. Being once again outshined by Damn, Darren Fox, you go back to their college days. Fox is always balling on this dude. It sucks to be a ball. Did they get drafted and, the same year? Yeah, yeah, Fox. same draft. Lonzo went first, right? So, uh and and, and no, I think Lonzo
2: went number two. Did Jason he? Yeah. Oh yeah, just oh, yeah. 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 went number one. Did he?
1: Yeah, Lonzo nope. went two. Right, Lonzo Who was number two.
2: one in that draft? I, I, know I know Lonzo went two. I know that for certain. Yeah,
1: that's that's why he wears the number two. Yeah, oh, but oh. yeah,
2: he went number two. Somebody else went number one. I want to. Was it Zion?
1: No, it was no, no, Zion, no, bro. no. Trey no, Young went the year before. Hold on. What draft was this? Twenty eighteen. Twenty eighteen NBA draft. I can't believe we're looking this up.
0: All, As all, all I know is that the, the Kings drafted uh Marvin Bagley over. DeAndre over, Aiden. Over, DeAndre Aiden. Yeah,
1: DeAndre Aiden. Who's no?
0: De'Aaron Fox is better than DeAndre Aiden? I don't care what anybody says, but yeah, it no, was this De- the
1: Luca Doncic uh draft.
0: That was yeah, that was the year we took Marvin. Markel
2: Fultz went number one. Okay. And Lonzo, can you believe that? Yeah. Markel Fultz, man.
0: Who who is granted, uh his story sucks, dude. He he lost, he pretty much became disabled partially I know, but they had to relearn how to play basketball. To but, but dude man. have you watched him this year with Orlando? He's looking better. He's looking he's only what twenty-three. Side so note, yeah. yeah, he's looking actually pretty damn good. Um, I think he's progressing into the right direction. I think he's gonna become a a, a solid player in this league. Anyways, I just wanted to take this time to congratulate De'Aaron Fox. The guy's worked his ass off. He's a family man. He's a good guy. He deserves everything he's gotten. Um, He's the face of that team, and I'm all I can hope as a Kings fan is that they build around him. Hopefully, Marvin Bagley stays healthy this year and takes that next step because I believe in Marvin Bagley. Even though I hate the Kings for taking him over Luka Doncic, which is I'll never forgive them for that. (laughs) We could have Luka Doncic and Darren Fox in our backcourt. That would be fun. That would be fun to watch. But um, yeah, I just wanted to give the W to my guy Darren Fox and take that time. Um, much deserved, man. I mean, he's a. I think he's going to continue to get better too. Um, hopefully, we can catch an eight seventh, eighth seed this year. I, we almost did it. The, the bubble screwed everybody up, and we could have made a run there. But we were we were banged up. We didn't have Marvin Bagley this year. I'm hoping we can with the West being most open it as it is. I'm 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 a believer. I think he can lead us to a, at least an eighth seed, and you know it would be be a joy for me as a fan to watch the Kings in the playoffs. I've been talking about it every damn year. I'm always. Painfully optimistic for this team, but I do love him as a player. He's in—he's absolutely electric to watch as an NBA fan. He's so fun to watch. He reminds me a lot of John Wall, um, similar type player, um, but he has the potential to be obviously better than John Wall in my mind. So yeah, I just wanted to give that my time to to Darren Fox for getting that max deal and it's much deserved.
2: Well, uh, once again, I want to thank Trevor for handing out a nice uplifting W. But I'm gonna get back. Bring to, it on down. Baby. I'm gonna get back to the L business if you guys <laughs> don't mind.
1: Bring it on down. This Gosh. one actually, because this <laughs> thing is called Hold This, yeah,
2: yeah. hold this W. My L is going to F1. I'm just kidding. No, it's not. <laughs> um, this one actually is going to hit a little bit closer to home for all of us because Ooh,
0: the we, we, we
2: we know the pride. We know the pride of Andy Reid's coaching tree. You know, there. I think there's seven right now active head coaches in the NFL that once worked for Andy Reid at one point. I already know in their career. you're going with this. There is a recent offensive coordinator that the the, the Chiefs uh, let go to pursue a head coaching uh, opportunity in Chicago, and Matt Nagy looked like he was. Well, well, on his way because you, you Mac Patrick Mahomes rookie season Nagy was the 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 OC. You're thinking, oh my god, this is going to be great. This guy's going to ball out. You know he's going to take Mitchell Trubisky and hopefully lift him back up into the spirits. Well, then three weeks into this season, Mitchell Trubisky gets benched for Nick Foles, who's a journeyman, who's a backup. He's a spare tire, but you can't ever go 70 miles an hour with a spare tire or go flat. It'll blow on you. That's what Nick Foles is. And now we're seeing it 5-0 start for the Chicago Bears this season. You're thinking, oh, my God, With this, Mitch. this team is going to make the playoffs. Yeah. Holy shit. This team might be the one seed in the NFC. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, they bench Mitch Trubisky 3-0. Nick Foles comes in. They win another game. They're a 4-0. Win another game, 5-0. and Boy, does time change. Now you're looking at 5-5. and Nick Foles is now out. Mitchell Trubisky is hurt. They're talking about the potential of Tyler Bray mm. starting for the Bears this week.
0: He's like eight career. They snaps.
2: might go under five hundred. <laughs> they will go under five hundred. Tyler Bray plays quarterback. Yeah, play mark it down. Not only that, Matt Nagy is known to be what an offensive guru. Mm-hmm. He's known to make great plays. He's known to be a guy that can write up and scheme up an incredibly efficient offense. Yeah, he gave up his play calling <laughs> just this last week. And the offense looked about the exact same as it did the previous five or six weeks before that. Matt Nagy is absolutely 100% on the hot seat and is probably going to find himself as an offensive coordinator if this team continues to lose in the very near future. So although I like Matt Nagy, I think his story is cool because he was a quarterback, I believe in the CFL, I think won a few MVPs, a couple of championships. Andy Reid's guy, Andy Reid loves him. I think as an OC, he's a damn good. uh, he, he, He fits that role well. I'm starting to think that Matt Nagy's not cut out to be a head coach.
0: We'll bring him back to Casey once the enemy gets a job. I'm
2: starting to think yeah. that, that – well, because I think right now if Matt Nagy was to get fired, he would get hired that very next second oh, I guarantee you Reed would
0: consider bringing him back. I for think sure. what
2: Matt Nagy is going to become, and he's still young, so he's got time to develop maybe some of his skill sets. But I'm starting to feel like he's going to run down that path of like a Wade Phillips where you know he knows his shit. He's got a whole lot of but time. But Wade Phillips was never a head coach. Romeo yeah. Cornell, never a head coach, but knew how to write the shit out of some defense. Matt Nagy on the other side, I think he's more destined to be an O.C. But in the meantime, as a head coach at Soldier Field in Chicago, where the fans hate you and the wind blows harder than Tyler Thigpen through the football. But nevertheless, I promise you guys, Matt Nagy will be an O.C. And he will succeed again. But in the meantime, he is failing as a head coach. Love you, guy. But you're going to do me a favor tonight in the year of our Lord 2020. And hold Hold this out. Thanks so much. Episode 91, we didn't even mention Tomahawley. I feel, I, feel, I feel guilty. The greatest rapper alive. Yep. <laughs> New York's finest. But
0: My guy sees demons, bro. He was
2: He went to Penn State, right? Yep. With Larry Johnson? Or it was it before Larry Johnson? Oof. Before Larry Johnson. Four. Yeah, something like no. that. Two Chiefs players from Penn State. Both bowled out when they were on teams that had no business. Or they Had no chance of success, that sucks.
1: Both are crazy, no
2: <laughs> one for other reasons, one for another reason. We don't, we don't know, but yeah, in
1: state products. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Shout out to Tomba, man. We miss you, we love you. One of the greatest, uh, one of oh, the greatest yeah, defensive man. players in Chiefs history, for sure, man. It'd been cool to see guys like him and Derek Johnson have a chance in the playoffs, man. That'd have been cool. Nevertheless, man, Clay Windler was here tonight with us. That was a blast. Um, uh, he's been at, like I said, a long time aid to this show to say the least uh definitely he spruced this thing up and put some lipstick on this pig for sure we prevail and uh we are ready to see the chiefs prevail this week against the team that they have taken an l2 this year there's gonna be some redemption motherfuckers i hope you guys are ready for this it's one there's coming. gonna be some blood on the field allegiance stadium is gonna feel the wrath man and it, you know what actually raider fans should be happy that they're not gonna be there to witness this one this is gonna be pretty brutal
0: Cub uh, your kid's eyes, please. You guys remember the
2: Jamal Charles 5 touchdown game? I, I, I see similarities to that where you're just going to be like, how the fuck do you stop this guy? I think that's what Patrick Mahomes is going to show uh, this week. And I'm, I'm actually with uh, Clay Windler on this one. I think Patty is going to be the, the best, most valuable player of this game, the player of the game. And he's going to show why he's about to win his second regular season MVP and his second Super Bowl MVP in three seasons. Cannot wait. This is just one step closer to it, guys. But in the meantime – This is what we have for you guys this week. Uh, Cannot wait to talk about a Chiefs victory and uh, going up against Tom Brady. The great Tom. The Wrath of Tom. Oh, I can't wait for Red Tribe Cinema to to unleash the beast, man. This is going to be a blast. So you guys enjoy this episode. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, if not, fuck you. I'm just kidding. No, we love you guys. <laughs> but for all of our podcasters, YouTubers, live streamers, thank you so much for hanging and hanging stuff with us, guys. And we constantly adjust each and every week. I know it's been kind of chaotic. Whether we have live stream, we don't. We have YouTube, we don't. But we always have the podcast side no matter what. So if you haven't – if you have downloaded or subscribed to us, guys, definitely do that. We'll have content for you each and every week. And go to KCPN and follow all the other talent on there as well we got a lot of good podcasts and shows for you guys there each and every week. We're filling almost every single day of the week for you guys to, to give some, get something because I know it's crazy times we're living in. But in the meantime, for Trevor Twidwell, for Mr. Yo-Yo-Yo Eddie Ortiz, for Mr. Clay Windler of Red Tribe Cinema, for Carrot Top. I'm just kidding, not Carrot Top. He wasn't here. Friend of the show. Of the, show. Of the show. I am Lance Twidwell here signing off for Episode 91 of the Spoken Podcast. Chiefs going 9-1. Can't wait. We out of this bitch. Later. See you. We're gonna get bad of this bitch. Thank you so much for listening, guys. See
3: ya. You are tuned into the spoke.
2: I might actually stick I might actually stick around for a little bit.
3: 15 minutes could save you 15% or more.
2: Oh, that's a cheer we used
3: to
1: do in softball. Uh what? It's uh actually Geico. Whenever
3: someone hit a triple,
2: we would wave our bats and yell, fifteen minutes could save you fifteen percent or more. But we never got to use it because we would only hit home runs. Annoying.
3: The phrase is from Geico because they helped save people money?
2: Geico? Yeah, they were our team sponsor.
3: Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more.